Yeah, well, about, I've just had a, I've just had a, a bag of cola bottles and I'm sorted. I had half of a burrito and I'm going to eat it the rest after the show. I'm being professional today. But I got these um, toffee-covered peanuts that I'll be munching on go. throughout the show. You can't beat a, a handful of nuts in your mouth, can you? <laughs> Oi. It was creamy, go. but now it's chunky, bro. <laughs> One person exits, three enter. Welcome y'all to the veteran gamers. Juju, Jimmy, all the fellas will tell you about every single game that you're playing this week. News, reviews, and an indie pick. Stu, story time, and Jimmy's game breakers. Here comes Duke with the soundbite saviors. Listen, I don't have time to play with the phone here. I got a lot of stuff I got to get done. It's the veteran gamers. It's the veteran gamers. It's the veteran gamers. Yeah. Switch that console up. Yo, 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 and welcome to show 344 of the Veteran Gamers Podcast. There you go. Yay, 344, coming at you with more. Out the door. I'm Duke. I'm Stu. There's no way I'm doing like a gangster version of this. <laughs> Why don't you want to be tough? Come on. Come sit with it, yo. Uh. Yo. Hug. Uh. Uh. I sound like I'm ejaculating. Uh. Uh. I've got my, my, what is it, vinegar stroke face on. Right. I have some exciting news <laughs> at the top of the show. The Sincast is back. Oh, I actually got a feed going. I did an interview. It's live. It's all on live. Wow, I'm going to have to resubscribe again. Well, it's a different feed now, so. Oh, no. I know. It's exciting. Is it on iTunes still? It is now on iTunes. And you can tell that it's a different feed because I've got the Podbean logo in the upper right corner of the icon. Uh, You have the new one. So, right, very yeah, good. everybody check it out. My, I just interviewed this writer named Sarah Schulman, who is awesome. And, um, yeah, you should all check out my interview with her. Check, check, check it out. So I have to, do I have to subscribe to a new podcast? Is that what you said? Sorry. Yes. Yes. Go to iTunes yes, or whatever you use to subscribe and do a search for um, Didactic Syncast. And you should find the logo that you know and love. And in the upper right-hand corner, there's a little Podbean logo with the circle the radiating for, for stupid people not me yeah. but for stupid people that can't spell it how do you spell it uh d-i-d-a-c-t-i-c-s-y-n-c-a-s-t and i'm gonna put a link in the um the the twitch feed uh for the benefit of those who um apple.com slash us slash podcast slash didactic oops so why did you have to do a new feed? Because my old feed, for some reason, just stopped working. I don't really know why. Um, I used to do a feed myself, and then one day it just stopped working. So Do you, do you think it just went missing because you neglected it? No, I think long? it was something to do with the fact that um, I used to format it a certain way and do everything myself. And some setting probably just stopped being sufficient. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Mm. There you go. Mm. So, um, yeah, I, I had something interesting happen tonight. Ooh. 
<clears throat> well, not particularly interesting, but video game related, no less. Video game related, because I was watching uh, the rounds of World's Strongest Man. Ah. And one of the commentators was Danny Wallace. Oh, yeah. So I was like, ah, fancy that. It's Thomas. Thomas was alone. He's commentating on people lifting heavy stuff. Yeah. And obviously the dude from Assassin's Creed who played the... Assassin's Creed. Yeah, Assassin's Creed. Um, yeah, so Danny Wallace. And I was like, oh, it's Danny Wallace. Who'd have known? And he did sound weird, you know, because you're used to hearing him in a certain setting, i.e. Assassin's Creed or Thomas was alone or whatever. And there he was talking about someone's huge biceps and barrel-like belly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so there you are. How odd. Um, Why is he doing that? I know, I know. Because I, I was like, what does he know about strong men? You, know? you, ne- you never know. But the thing is, in it, we're right. I'm assuming you've both seen, like, the Strongman Contest. Yep. You've I'm in the Strongman Contest. I was gonna... <laughs> yeah, right. You're like a streak of spaghetti. I'm not, I'm not that you... thin anymore. I don't know what yeah. I don't know what image you have in your head, but I'm not thin anymore. Or... Or as as they used to say at school, you lanky streak of piss. I was lanky at school. I'm definitely not yeah, fat, yeah. but I'm not thin anymore. And and would you describe yourself as a streak of piss? Um, no, no, no. Well, there you I describe well, I... my streak of piss as a streak of piss. <laughs> there you go. But I can't imagine you lifting more than a piece of paper. To be quite don't honest, don't be fucking silly. I don't I know. Can li- I can lift more than you. <laughs> I bet you can't. I bet I fucking can. There's only one way to prove this. (laughs) Fight! Fight! The next EGX, Stu. (laughs) We've got to lift some shit. Oh, it's on! Okay, Okay. it's on now, man. It's on. I I remember your story about becoming a labourer. I was a labourer. Yeah, and you were crap at it. I was good at it. You said you were shit at it. I was good at it. You're a liar. I was awesome at it. (laughs) <laughs> but they were like, can you just move that like wheelbarrow? Oh, no, it's a bit too heavy, that mate. <laughs> Do you know who I am? <laughs> Wheelbarrows, mate. Get away Fuck with you. That. With Give us a brick. With these hands. I can lift one brick. <laughs> I used to lift ten bricks on my shoulder up three flights of scaffold. I send wow. 20 bricks out every week. <laughs> I have 50. 50 bricks on a sheet of corrugated steel and lift that up on my head. Push keys like laptops. <laughs> well, I punched a kid. So that's how much of a man I am. <laughs> oh, my God. So, anyway, insults aside, because yep. <laughs> we're kind of replicating our new picture, because we should mention the new website. We have we? got a new website. Hey, new website. <laughs> It's like the show of new beginnings. The Sincast is back in a new format. The website is back in a new format. Stu, can I say what you have, Stu? Did you say? No. No. Okay. No, not yet. Stu has something new. It's all. I have something new. You can't talk about your pubes. No. He's got three now. I have. Three pubes. Because the rumor where if you shave one, three come back. That's what Stu did. And now he's got three. I I did once shave my pubes and then ended up with like a very... Big Bush. <laughs> it's true. It's absolutely Have you ever heard true. of this? Big on Stu's genital news. Too much information yeah. shit. Have you ever heard of this? <laughs> we did yeah, bring yeah, it up, we... to be fair. Well, no, to be fair, you've got to have, like, a summer trim, haven't you? Really? Okay. 
Uh, he never goes blue, does he? He never goes blue, dude. We're going to talk about video games at some point soon, so just hang on. Uh, yeah, actually, I'll start because I've played barely anything. <laughs> so we're talking about the website. But anyway, okay, what you been playing? Oh, been playing. oh yeah. What you been playing? The website is yeah, the website is sick though. Yeah, check out the website. It is awesome. BetterGamers.co.uk. Big ups to Richard Webster who worked on it. He was just here, and then he went scampering off talking about tea. And the art is done by Jamie Cartwright, who did the Heavy Rain uh, uh, animation. And uh, we're still tweaking the the site, uh, but it should be really... Yeah, and twerking the site. It's working. But, yeah, twerking. but uh, if you go on the homepage, basically the top banner will feature the latest episode of the podcast, uh, the last video that we post, which is at the moment is an EGX video, but that's wrong, but we'll update that soon. And now and again, Duke posts some opinions. Sometimes Stu does. I don't, I don't because no one wants to see me type because I can't spell. Um, and the ones up there now is the uh, excerpt from your book. Isn't that right, Duke? Yeah, that's right. And I just found out we're having a book release party in September. Uh, also, also down the page, you know, we've got some cool art. Uh, we got uh, there's some more pages to come, but you can find every podcast. The idea is if you click on podcast at the top, uh, the whole it's really easy to search. And when we start tagging these podcast posts, right, if you want to find all the episodes where we talk about heavy rain, you can just search for those. You can also search for all the videos on the site. Um, the forums are still there under the tab community, and you can we're we're updating things. We're going to update it a bit more, but it's all there. It's all sort of roughly there. Uh, with some nice new, new shiny graphics. So if you want anything veteran gamers, it's all there. It's all there. It's all there. It needed a facelift. It did. It did. Was it? Is it? Oh, yeah. I keep forgetting. There's a, is it not a plug-in player? I thought there was going to be a there plug-in player. There will be a plug-in player. Just haven't got that yet. So we'll, there will be. All right. That's coming. It's coming, people. Hold your hosses. Mm. Um, yeah, I'll start this week because I've played barely anything. Now, I'll tell you why. Because I've worked pretty much every day since we last recorded a show. I haven't had a day off. Uh, so if I fall asleep halfway through the podcast, I do apologize, but I am very, very tired. Mm. Although I don't sound it, you know, because I'm always upbeat, you know, regardless of how knackered I am. On the inside, I'm very tired. On the outside, not so much. Yeah. So there you go. No worries. There you go. There you go. Um, yeah, so I have, I've only played really uh, two games. Uh, I played a very, very, very small bit of Rebel Galaxy. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's a good game. Uh, because, yeah, because that's a freebie this uh, month on uh, PlayStation 4 on the PS Plus. Sick. So I'll, uh, I'll give that a go. And I thought, am I playing Rebel Galaxy or Galaxy on Fire? Because I can't quite tell. It's exactly the same game, except in Galaxy on Fire, you can move in three dimensions. Yeah, I don't understand why we have... Two almost identical games. We've, it's we've got hundreds weird. of identical games. It's because somebody looks at a game and they go, yeah, we should do the same thing. And then they do. They just clone it. Now, I don't know which came first. Now, my understanding. The chicken. Yeah, I was, yeah, was going to say it's probably Galaxy Where'd on the chicken fire. come from? Yeah, Whoa. Where did the egg come from? The dinosaur. It came from the dinosaur. Yes. Anyway. Yes, so... I just thought it was very, very similar. I mean, it looks it looks very nice. I've got to give it props yeah, for, it looks for the good. It's fun. Great game. But I'll tell you what I've done so far. I docked on the space station. Yeah. 
and spoke to some weird lizard stroke frog looking bloke. That's my grandfather. That's it. And that's it. That's all I've done. And there's something about my auntie has left something for me. Yep. And that's kind of all I know. You better go get I it. I know. I haven't done anything else. Um, and that's all I've done of that game. And then tonight, very, very briefly, um, yeah, I played what I, I suppose is one of the most hypes, hypes, hyped games of this kind of year. Yeah, No Man's Sky. Uh, I installed it. There was a like about a gigabyte update straight away. So that, that sort of downloaded. Pardon? What he? Hey, what? I said handy. Handy, yes. Uh, so that updated, did all that shit. Um, I don't know. It's, it's very odd. If you look on Metacritic, the user reviews, which is all that's up there at the moment, are very mixed. It's sort of lots of people going, not our Ted, it's shit. You just do the same thing over and over and over. It's really shit. Yep. And then other people go, it's awesome, I love this game. So it seems to be a bit of a Marmite experience. It's almost as though people. people just go online to start screaming things they already believed before they played the game. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Uh, but so far, I've not really done much. You, you, just to give you an idea of the intro to the game, uh, you're basically stranded on a planet. You, you just sort of start on some random planet, and he goes, as soon as you, you start, he goes, you've discovered planet what's of what's of what. Sorry, just some weird name. Right. All right. Well, that's cool. And you're playing, you're playing, well, spacecraft, I guess it's not really a plane, but your, your spaceship is smoldering sort of there, and you have to go and collect minerals and shit to fix your spaceship. Yeah. So that's kind of your first objective. And there's, you know, wildlife roaming around, and I, I tried to shoot one to see what would happen, and it just ran away, making some weird screeching noises. <laughs> But it looks pretty cool. I didn't mind it. You know, I don't... A lot of people complain, oh, it looks like PS3 graphics, or, you know, it looks like last gen, it's rubbish. But I think it's just got a certain art style to it, and it looks fine. Um, I did have a look at the UI. It seems overly complicated, if I'm being really honest. Because when you collect minerals, you then have to move them into another slot. Then you have to move them to the thing you want to do use it for, and it's all a bit... It seems overly fussy. You're doing a great job of selling this game, not to me. I know, I know, yeah. It seems overly fussy, but like I said, I only really got to play around with it for about 15 minutes, so I, I haven't fully gone through everything and worked out what everything so does. So come back next know. week for a more complete review, people. Yes, there might be combat. It's just full, this is just feature, uh, first impressions. That's the word I want yeah. to start wow. with. Yeah. This game looks um, great. <laughs> look at that thing glowing when you look at it what do you mean but they've definitely got elements of minecraft and rust and all those sorts of games yeah, but it you know crafting is it not that i'm aware of but i'm sure there may be i don't know it's exploration knows? Gathering, gathering but not crafting from what i understand yeah you're probably right yeah you've just got to gather minerals and stuff game. to fix your ship and upgrade and all that sort of game stuff game this big should have crafting i'm sorry no i don't like crafting. crafting in a way I don't like crafting, though, so it's fine for me. Well, you suck. I suck. Uh, and you have, like, a gun, uh, which presumably has different uses, but you, you use it to mine your minerals. So you... <laughs> yeah, and then, like, crystals did, or whatever come out of did, it. Did all the sound effects. And fly into you. So, like, when you... Yeah, that's what it does. That's what it does. Uh, so, at the moment, I've got to gather plutonium to fix my thrusters. Uh-huh. That's what I've got to do. 
And it works pretty well. I mean, when you point at something, it tells you what it is and what you're going to get from it by blasting it. I mean, I might play you know this I mean? in three months when it's half price. Yeah, no. Well, we'll see how it goes. It might be going to see, you know, the smelly shop or CEX pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, he says after playing it for 15 minutes. No, I said we'll see how it goes. I just said we'll see how it goes. Yeah, shut okay, up. Whatever. Shut eh, um, hey. But I like the aesthetic. I like the art style. I think it looks pretty neat. So all those people who are whinging going, eh, it looks awful. I think it looks all right. And it's fairly Shut up, all you people. Yeah, shut up. What do you know? Um, But we'll see. I'll see what happens when I get into space. Because I want to go to space. Space. Uh, And that really is all I've played this week. That is you. I know, I know. I'm usually pretty good. But look, I'm sorry. When you got to work, you got to work. I am a terrible person. Space. I'm in space. Have you come across any uh, wildlife in the game? Yes, yes. I came across some weird thing that looked like a crab, uh, but not a crab. Exciting. And I came across what looked like sort of some sort of dinosaurs, you know, type things running around. But they just run away from me, make weird noises. Yeah. You know, that's that's else uh, women for me. I know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they go, leave me alone! Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, <laughs> when you shoot, I did shoot at one, like I say, and then these, like, sentinel things come over to see what you're up to, which are, like, little robot-y Oi. drone Oi. things. Stop shooting yeah. shit! Yeah, what are you doing? Yeah, really. Yeah, so they come over. Uh, and when you do get attacked, because I did get attacked by one of the wildlife after shooting it, <laughs> the screen goes red almost instantly, so I don't know whether that should be a bit more gradual. It feels like it's a bit Maybe too sort of... Maybe you can upgrade your health. I know. Mm. Say so. I don't know, maybe. What else are you going to do in this game? I know. I don't know. Fly around. We're both in space. Fly around from planet to planet. Who Sounds knows? And that... Hello. Oh, hey, oh. I'm in space. Yes. Yes, anyway. Okay. Uh, and that's it for me. And I know Chini's been playing loads of stuff, so we'll go over to Chini. Yes, indeed he do. You have got a treat this week. Ooh, can't wait. <laughs> Should I give you a drum roll? Yeah, drum roll, drum roll. Well, you know how I did a little vote on the... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I, did yeah a, exactly. I did a vote on Twitter, a, a poll on Twitter, sorry. You did, you did, you did. Uh, and it was... What, what the next game Chinny plays is... Next yeah. next game Chinny plays, should it be The Evil Within, uh, The Witcher 3, or uh, Guacamelee? Or Guacamelee. And there was a there was a, an outstanding winner, wasn't there? I wouldn't say outstanding. It was outstanding? No, no. Let me tell you the results, and I don't think this is outstanding. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, everyone just stop no, I meant the game that was chosen oh. as outstanding. What's the matter right, with you? Right, well, you got wax in your ears. The uh, there was thirty nine people that voted, uh, and it was forty one percent in the favour of Witcher three. Yeah, and what were the percentages of the other two? Uh, thirty one yeah. and twenty eight. Yeah, I think that's pretty significant. No, I don't think that. It's it's more than the Brexit vote. Well, Guacamelee was winning for a long time. Yeah, well, it didn't. <laughs> Anyway, let's get to the chase. You are not playing The Witcher 3, I take it. No, I haven't played a single minute. <laughs> take that, democracy. Because, because, right, it's a big game to start <laughs> before my holiday. I go on holiday this Sunday. 
So, so playing the hell out of The Witcher Three comes so Sunday. Wh- Whoa, 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 whoa! Wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold the, hold the fucking door. Hold Dory. up, wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa! Aren't you meant to be recording with Duke on Sunday? How can you go on holiday on Sunday and record with Duke on Sunday? Also, I have to have a separate conversation with you guys about not making <laughs> the show on Sunday. Uh, you dickhead! What? Look, look. Well, you you said last week it's all right. I can record with Duke on Sunday, and we'll get someone else in because I can't record on Sunday because I'm away all weekend. Well, what if we had a week? With no podcast. No, what? Oh no. my God. Whoa. Anyway, What's going on? Can't here? do that. Can't do that. Can't I'm do sure. That. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Duke and I. In the community would be willing to fill in. We, we got... Well, no. Right. Whoa, 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 whoa. Fucking hold the door here. Just <laughs> a We don't even have this inside baseball chat on the show. Yeah, we do. I, I'm go- I can still do one with Duke on Wednesday if he's still available at a normal early time. Yeah, probably. There you go, sorted. We're done. Oh, you know. Can we all sleep now? <laughs> yeah, shut up. Shut up, you dick. Right, so. Anyway, how's Guacamole? So, yeah, I, yeah, I can't... Um, yeah, I didn't want to start The Witcher 3 before the holiday because... I didn't want to start The Witcher 3 because I don't feel like watching an 80-hour movie. Not in me, it's just No, it's just... I don't know. It's a big game, and then I'm going to get into it, and then I'm going to have to go on holiday, and then I'll forget where I am when I come back and all this nonsense. So. All right. That's fair. Every time That's... you load up a game on The Witcher 3, they give you a little cutscene to remind you of what's going on. That is kind of nice. They do. They do so I thought maybe I could play another game, but then that's going against what people have voted for. No, no, no. It's not allowed. Um, and also have Mirror's Edge Catalyst come. Um, well, that's shit. Which we all know is wank. <laughs> Which I said it would be wank, but no one believes me. Um, but I haven't played that either. So I haven't played anything. Nothing. No video game. <laughs> no, nothing. Well, I've recently played two. Chini played nothing. I did play a mobile Let's... game. Oh, yeah. What did you play? I forgot what it's called. It's a golf game. <laughs> I'm loading it. I'll load it. Oh, I'm loading it now. Oh, Next Super goal. Stickman Golf 3. Oh, that's good. That's a game of the year. It's basically okay. like a 2D golf game. Yeah, yeah. It's got crazy holes and stuff. Yeah. Crazy holes. Um, let's hope to fucking god that Duke is gonna save the day. Of here. course, I'm gonna save the day. I've played many games like Rocket League. Oh, mm-hmm. brilliant! I had some good games on Rocket League. I think I'm getting my groove back. I had a period of time where I was not doing well, but now I think I've bounced back. And, like, I'm hitting the ball more often than not. And it's like, yeah. So, anyway. Um, yeah. Rocket League. God, that game is fun. And did y'all see the Rocket League Rumble trailer that's out? No, I don't give a Heard shit. Heard about this, Jenny? Did you post that on our Facebook? I did. It, uh, it did. I didn't, think you posted, I didn't think you posted things on our Facebook. So, I thought that was... Yeah, he does. Once in a while. No, no, he does. So, anyway, for those who don't know, Rocket League Rumble is this new game mode that's coming. Hopefully, it's just optional, like Rocket Labs. But... Anyway, it's uh, it's kind of like Mario Kart because you get these various boosts which allow you – you make your car got spikes on it. And so when you hit the ball, it doesn't bounce off of you. It sticks to you and then no you get to the goal. Or you have like a leash that – or a lead I guess you would all call it where you can like zap the ball from a distance and then it pulls the ball toward you. Or there's something that makes you frozen or something, or you freeze your enemies or something. So anyway, all these silly little things, and you can have a foot, like a boot that comes and kicks the ball from the no side. Way. That's so cool. Yeah, it looks really weird and silly and fun. That looks really fun. It looks like something from Monty Python. It does look like Monty Python. It, it reminds me of Carmageddon a lot. 
like yeah. Carmageddon had some elements like this. this and is it's free. That's different. the coolest thing, of course, is that Psyonix knows how to do DLC right. They sell cars, they sell visual enhancements, but a lot of stuff they give you for free. So that's awesome. Yeah, but that's that's how they've got such a massive game now, isn't it? Though? Of course. That's but what it, it's all but, about. But a less smart developer would charge for all this stuff, and yeah. they don't, which is awesome. Yeah. No, that's how you keep it alive, baby. Yep. So good on you, Psyonix. Yeah, I mean, I don't play it very much, but I've got to give them props for what they're doing. Yes, and it's an awesome yes. game, and I love it, and I play Rocket League all the time. So if you play on the PC, holla! Holla! A while back, I went looking for... Well, I was just looking around, basically, on the store at Steam, and I noticed a game called Shattered Skies. And it bills itself as kind of like a cross between Daisy and Rust, but with a lot more guns. And I was like, ooh, all right, you got me at guns. Ooh, guns. Yeah, so I bought it before I went on vacation, but I didn't want to play it because I didn't want to get into it if I didn't have time. And so when I got back from vacation, I checked it out. And um, I played it uh, for about an hour and a half. And I must say... I just want to say, fuck this game, I'm done. (laughs) It was good then. It's a lot like DayZ in that it's big and open and there's monsters that chase you instantly and you die very quickly. And so much of the game is running around big open spaces doing nothing. And it was very disappointing. Oh, no. And apparently they put you in like a, a newbie server for the first 15 levels. And yeah, I, So is it is it an MMO? Yeah. Is there other people? There are other people. But here's the thing. In a game that's designed to have, I guess, like 100 on the server, there were 15 in the server that I went to. And that was the most populated server around. Wow. Right. And apparently, it's like I said, it's a noob server. So, like, if I were to play for enough to get leveled up to level 15, I could get into other servers that people say have more people in them. But I don't want to have to spend hours and hours leveling up. And it's not at all clear how you level up. You kill aliens, you supposedly level up. I killed like four aliens and I didn't get past level one. So I was like, what the hell? And then it's like craft stuff. I'm like, there's nothing to craft. There's no materials to get. Like you you wander around and you might find like five bullets on the seat of a car. You can't craft anything with bullets. Bullets are used to shoot people, not craft things. And you find these like boxes that's like material resources. And if you get enough of those... You can eventually make like a steel trap for the ground or whatever, but it's it was just it's it doesn't feel balanced very well. And meanwhile, like I said, it's a lot of running around, and it was just boring. So I was like, then it's funny because I left a bad review, and um and it's not much PVE stuff. That's the other thing. There are these aliens that show up, kind of like the zombies in Daisy, but they they're very sparse and they're very hard to kill. So I just got murdered by them a lot. And I was like, okay, that's not fun. So anyway, I left a bad review. And I said, you know, maybe it's early access. And I was like, maybe as this game develops, I'll go back to it. You know, like these games always, you know, I always do that with these games. Uh, I need to go back to uh, Savage Lands one of these days. Uh, Speaking of which, there's a, a humble bundle right now called the Survive This Bundle, which is pay what you want for Savage Lands and then two other games Colot and Torish or something like that. Two games I'd never heard of. And then Beat the Average for Rust and Space Engineers and one other game. I don't remember what it is. And then $14 to get all of those plus Planet Base. 
So if you're interested in any of those games, people, check out the Humble Indie Bundle right now because it's got some cool survival games. Rust, I think, itself is worth uh, Beat the Average. When I looked at it, Beat the Average was like $4.50. So you can get Rust really cheap right now. Yeah, I mean, I saw this, but I've got most of the games yeah. I'd play out of this list. So I was thinking about getting Planet Base for 14 but I don't know. So oh, yeah. Shattered Skies. So Shattered Skies, right. So I left a bad review, and... Um, the the somebody invited me. Okay, sorry. The beat the average is five thirty eight right now. So you can get Rust for less than six dollars, which is really cool. That's worth. Oh, right. It's too it's too much now, man. Five thirty eight. Forget it. Yeah, I know, right. Um. So anyway, I left this bad review, and then someone invited me to a group that's like, stop. What's his name? And I don't remember the person's name, but you know whatever. Apparently, the guy who made Shattered Skies has made a bunch of other games where he rips off developers. And yeah. This is this. This isn't the guy with the gun thing, is it? I don't think it's the same guy as that, but he's someone who does right. something similar. Huh. So what does he do? What does he do? This apparently this guy takes other games and like basically copies them. I don't know if he actually rips off their work, but he just you know does the. Well, you mean like Rebel Galaxy and Galaxy on Fire? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I was, but I was just surprised. I was like, oh, apparently this person's kind of—I mean, not really a fraud, but he's just. You know, bit of a douche. Leech. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I don't know. It made me a lot more satisfied with being unsatisfied with Shattered Skies because I didn't want to come down too hard in case it's someone who's put a lot of work into it. But if it's somebody who's just basically leeching off of other people's stuff, I'm like, whatever. I'm sorry I gave him my money. I'm glad I didn't spend too much time on this game. It is what it is. Yeah, but like, I don't know how mad I can be about that because isn't that like everything? Everybody's yeah, that? Yeah, it is. It is. In a way, yeah. I mean, I, it depends on the degree to which he does it, you know. If he steals, yeah, yeah actually, but like, look how many Minecraft knockoffs there are. Right. Exactly. So and Minecraft what? itself was a knockoff of another game. So. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's a bit stupid criticizing knockoffs because everyone. The whole every industry off. has people that rip off other people. Yeah. Like that, everything's imitated and copied and done yeah. over again. Also, supposedly said that good artists borrow and great artists steal. That's right. You can be influenced by an artist, but it depends whether you're just influenced or you just copy it outright. Right. I mean, this this looks yeah. like Daisy to me, but you it know, it, like the the animation of the main character looks a little bit better than Daisy, to be honest. Yeah, it uh, is. The graphics are fine. The the UI is good. I just felt like it's very empty right now, and the U and the the PVE elements are almost non-existent. And mm. so that's what that is. Um, I might go back to Shattered Skies at some point, but for now, it, I've removed it. I'm not having it in my favorites. I'm not playing it. I played a little Rust, which they got their XP system, and apparently the whole Rust world is a is just a fury with anger toward the XP system because it's a lot of grinding right now, and they're tweaking it, and they're trying to fix that. So I played a little bit of it. It's funny because there's modded servers where, you know, usually when you bang a rock against a tree, you might get five wood, right? And then you make the hatchet, and you get ten wood each time you hit the tree or whatever. Well, on these modded servers, there are some when you hit the tree with a rock, you get 10,000 wood every time you hit the tree, right? Nice. Oh, that's a good tree. Right. Um, I like playing on servers that are closer to vanilla. So when you hit the tree with the rock, you might get 20 wood. So it's just yeah. it's easier to get going. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. Anyway, the modded servers have started doing the same thing with XP. So as normally, it takes you an hour to XP get enough XP to level up. Now it takes you five minutes to level up. And I like that because, again, I like working for it, but I don't want to have to work that hard to get the XP. So whatever. Yeah. Anyway, there was a free game called Mandagon, which I played, and 
the selling point was it's a platformer, 2D platformer, that is inspired by Tibetan philosophy. And I've studied some Tibetan philosophy. I'm interested in the, you know, metaphysical conceptions of life and death that Tibet offers to the world. Um, so I downloaded it and I played it. And I got a little bit into it. I just want to say, fuck this game. I'm done. <laughs> and so you enjoyed that game as well. <laughs> I kind of enjoyed it when I played it. But there's, again, it felt like there's not much there. So what's called, the name of this game, dude? Sorry. Mandagon. M-A-N-D-A-G-O-N. I've linked a thing in the thing. Yeah, you have. Yeah, sorry. It's all right. So, yeah, it's it's a 2D platformer. At first I thought, you know, oh, it looks like Fez, but without the rotational stuff. It does look like Fez. You're kind of jumping around. It's very stylized. It's wow. beautiful artwork, I must say. It looks good. Yeah, it does. But it's not clear what you're supposed to be doing other than jumping around. You go into mm-hmm. little rooms, and they, you... It kind of looks like you're collecting a thing, but you have no inventory and nothing happens when you collect the thing. So I was just like, okay. Like at certain points you can activate a, like a, like a statue and you'll make one of those little transport devices light up and then you can move up and down like an elevator. But then what? Like you go near certain like totems or whatever, and it'll put two lines of poetry on the screen. It'll say like, Walking over stone and into the water, he moves quickly and helps his daughter. And you're like, what the hell does that mean? What What am I doing? It's vague, man. What's the matter really with you? vague. And it just – the gameplay felt vague. Like it's, I'm okay. I'm used to a lot of video games having things like that that are vague. It's like, ooh, I'm being mystical. No, you're just being vague. Um, but the gameplay felt vague as well. So it's like I don't – Well, apparently you have to search for six gate keys to be activated. Okay. Gate keys. Gate uh, keys. Oh, behave. I'll open that gate. <laughs> and once you've found all the gate keys, that's when you finish the game. Well, I never felt like I was making much progress. I didn't know where to go or what to do, and I was just like, you know what? I, I don't No, sometimes do you just got to go with the flow. No. I did. I went with the flow for like half an hour, and then I was like, this flow ain't taking me nowhere. I'm done. It's man, I, You should love this you game. You should play you... this game before you start telling me about this game. Because you're into you're into all that mystical shit, aren't you? Yes. You know what I mean. But if you just put a bunch of random mystical stuff in a game without any game element, that's there fun. is jumping and collecting fun. keys. That's fun. <laughs> Let me finish. Let me finish. And you know you end up with Proteus. Oh, I see where this is going. So I played it for half an hey. hour. I did not enjoy it. I'm done. By the way. By the way, No Man's Sky reminded me of a high-resolution Proteus. Oh, boy. Another And then I played... Similar color, palette. Similar color. Uh, what was that? Sorry, I did interrupt you there. Sorry. Okay, like I was saying before, I was rudely interrupted. Um, The Room 2. Yay. Played and finished. <laughs> And I should start by saying thank you to Stu because he bought it for me. You're welcome. I should say that these games are the spiritual heirs to the Myst series. Uh, where, um, where's Where's my thank you? Why did you get a thank you? you? I don't know. <laughs> what about me? You didn't thank me. You didn't do it. Just cause. I like being thanked. Yeah. Just cause, man. Yeah. Uh, well, when you give me Just Cause 3, I will thank you. Bah, get it? Just Cause? Yeah, okay. Anyway, I don't um, get it. yeah. So there's not much story in the room too, which is okay. You don't need a story. So no, that, I mean, they try to add a bit of like 
mystery. Yeah, whatever. Though. It's a bunch of random notes. Your grandmother is needed back in the sanatorium. We had a seance. What does all this mean? Who knows? Who cares? We're on a. Sh- I've got to say <laughs> that seance, that seance bit is the weirdest bit of the game. That's a really good job of creating spooky atmosphere. But it there's, very but there's no way of knowing what the hell's going on there. So if, no, uh, if, you, if you haven't played this game like me, then uh, just tune in for a little bit. <laughs> the point is, look, the point is, I think they could have had a much better impact with that seance room if they had tied it to some kind of story. But as Dr. it is, seance, Dr. Seance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ooh, help me, Dr. Seance. Um, but the point, so, you know, there's not a world in the same way there is in Mist and Riven, but the, the, the puzzles feel like the puzzles in Mist and Riven feel, which is to say the user interface is precise. Um, once you figure out, oh, once you see an, you know, an icon that's like the icon you need to match it to, there's that moment of realization like, yes, I know how to unlock that thing now. The puzzles are excellent. 90% of them because there's still some in this game that, and we've complained about this before where it's, you know, you have to notice a little a scratch on the side of a post yeah. that's very dark. And it's like, come on. So the two yeah, times that I used the clues, it was, you know, Ooh, the side of that post looks interesting. And like, really, I was supposed to f- figure out that there's a scratch on the side of the post. Come on. Mind you, to be fair. I mean, I've got to give you props for, you know, figuring out and being okay with it on such a small screen. Oh, no, because you're playing it on Steam, aren't Steam. you? Sorry. I was, there you yeah, I was thinking you were playing it on your iPod uh, Touch. Oh, well, that's completely different. No. <laughs> um, one thing about these games that I think is so powerful, and game developers take note, when you... when you Okay, let, let's say you need to spin some dials to get them in the right positions or whatever, right? And then it activates the laser beam or whatever it is. Once you do that, those dials can't be spun again. Which is really useful because when you're stuck in some games and you and you're trying to figure out what to do next, you might go back to those dials and be like, "Oh, maybe I have to keep spinning them to get a new combination." And then you'll mess it up, and the laser beam goes away, and you have to reset them. And you spend a half an hour thinking you have to spin those dials again, and you're wasting your time. This game does not let you waste your time in that way. When you spin the dials and you set them in the motion, and the laser beam comes out, that you can't touch them again. Which is yeah. Yeah, I think I think what this game has in spades is just really good game design. Absolutely. Uh, like the best game design of any puzzle game since Portal 2. There, I yeah, said yeah. it. Yeah, it does. And the Room 3 is equally as good, so I don't think you're going to be disappointed there either once it so. uh, yeah, eventually comes to Steam. Yeah, big thumbs up. And there's also, and I, I don't want to, you know, this is kind of a spoiler for the Room 2, so if you're worried, people. Warning! 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 Skip ahead two minutes. Um, at one point there's a chapter where it's like one puzzle and you do it. And then it's like, Oh, you, even a short journey can be valuable. Next puzzle. And I was like, Whoa, awesome. I'm almost done with the game. Sweet. So yeah, I thought that was cool. It's, it's a cool game altogether. And like I say, the room, I think the room series just shows what games can be. I mean, I know this is on Steam now, but I mean, this was really the benchmark for games on a portable device, you know, on like an iPad. Oh, yeah. You know, superb, you know, looked great, played well, sure. smooth as anything, no frame rate issues. You know, it was just really well designed game. Very well made puzzles. Yeah, yeah. I mean, some of them are simplistic. You know, they're not all brain. You know what? I don't ones. mind simplistic puzzles. I I kind of yeah. like the fact that you know, and that's the thing. I actually, it's funny you mentioned that. I posted this on the Mist subreddit, and I said, "Look, I don't know if any of you all have already played these. They've been out on the devices for a while. The Room Two just came out on Steam. Room Three is not yet out on Steam, but 
if you haven't played them, check them out. And like half the responses were like, it's way too easy. I had no fun. And I'm like, look, I don't know about you, but I don't mind a game with some easy puzzles. And I think there were enough things that were kind of challenging. So you're just too brilliant for the rest of us. I don't know. Yeah. And I I do like, I, I think there's something quite satisfying about turning dials and opening doors and sliding drawers you know what i mean the, even if it's a virtual one there's some satisfaction in sliding yeah, that especially drawer because open. there's there's a response from the game you know yeah. music, it'll give you a music cue and it'll just be there oh. or cogs will go yeah. into motion or yeah, yeah. something will turn there's like a voodoo doll at one point and all sorts of stuff yeah and it just at, constantly rewards everything you do absolutely and it's a and they put in so you know in the same way that the decay games played around a little bit not in many crazy ways but you know yeah like a, a, a blood stain on the wall that wasn't there before or whatever you know and they have the little moving pictures thing at one point in this game and just little things like that i think it's it's a nice touch and i think they put a lot of attention to detail it's good it's very good and like i said the room three is definitely a recommendation as well these are a very good series you, and you can pick them up cheap quite often you know in sales or you know on the cheap so just keep your eye out and they, they quite often go on sale on a regular basis so if you've not played these i, I totally recommend it yeah so for the people that haven't played this uh, you can listen back now <laughs> <sighs> just wake up wake up here we go we're back in the room there you go uh have you played anything else Duke, or is that your lot that's my lot well that's quite good because i think this week's topic is going to take us for a long time Play my type of game, bitch. Yeah, bitch! I still think that's one of the best jingles we've oh, ever. Yeah, to use it because we haven't. We don't do play, actually play my game. So now we're gonna do talk about my type of game, bitch. <laughs> I just love it. Uh, um, yeah, so this week, uh, obviously the last two weeks we covered first-person shooters and last week we covered third-person action games. Ah. Uh, well, this week we're going to look at RPGs, role-playing <laughs> games. Skyrim, we're done. Thanks for listening, everybody. I think there's more than that. Well, there are lesser games. There are lesser RPGs. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I still think there's more to talk about. Anyway. Can anybody the remember RPG? the first... Oh my god, I was going to ask the same question. What's that? What's that? What's that? What's the first first RPG you played? Yes. Yep. Uh, graphical RPG. My first one was The Hobbit on the ZX. Graphical Spectrum. RPG. Listen to you. What a well, Zork or not? Well, it had pictures. <laughs> and words. Do we, do we talk about Zork or not? Because that was an RPG. Yeah, Zork. Yeah. Zork? Yeah, because that was like an all sort of written RPG, I yeah. guess. Zelda an RPG. Yeah, yes. action RPG. Yeah, I'd say it definitely is. Dangerous to go alone. Take this. Then that one. But I played RPGs before that. First of all, I played Dungeons and Dragons with paper and pencil and dice. Nerd! nerd. Says the two guys doing a video game podcast. Yeah, but we're not that nerdy. Yeah, we're not that nerdy. <laughs> nerd! So let me ask you this, Duke, right? Yeah. I'm guessing, right, being the English teacher in the group here, mm-hmm. you were the one... Playing the dungeon master, making up all the shit. No, I was not the dungeon master because my two friends, uh, actually it was mostly one, Paul, he was the one obsessed with being the dungeon master. And he never let anyone else do it. And he was good at it. He had this map that he took us around 
and like for like two years we played on this map and one night we went over to his place before playing and he was on his he was on the floor of his bedroom and he had all these other pages and we were like wait a minute the one in the middle is our map what's all this other stuff he's like this is the rest of the world and i'm like how have we only been in this one part of this world he's like yeah you haven't even gotten all these other places yet i'm like damn so he was hardcore about it Oh my god! I remember my just... character was named Abdul Van Gobi, and at one point my arm got cut off, and I replaced it with a trident. So I had a trident arm. It was awesome. <laughs> it's just like I don't get it. I really, you know, I, I'm a nerd, and I, you know, I happily sort of say I'm a nerd, but I really don't I get. If you tried it, you would get into it. If you have a good dungeon master and a good group of people, you can have so much fun because it's like. It's like, you know, telling stories, but also you're a part of it. And it's choose your own adventure, and it's just, it's great. Dungeon Dragons has gotten a bad rap, and in a lot of ways, so whatever. Roll the dice, baby. Who knows what's going to happen? Anyway, when... Uh, are you saying that again, right? right. Just, just explain to me here, right? Why the hell did you need a dice with about 17 sides on it? It had 20 <laughs> sides. See, 20 sides! Why? Well, there's also a hundred-sided dice, but that's that's fucking stupid. Right, you roll two ten-sided dice, and you can get one through a hundred. There's no reason to have a hundred-sided dice. Anyway, the reason you have a twenty-sided die is because when you're rolling for your stats, you want to you, you want to be able to tell. Okay, are you you know what what's your dexterity going to be? Right, and it can be anything between it's, one and a hundred. Uh, one and eighteen, but whatever. Uh, I see. So. You know, it was just, it's a way of generating numbers in a certain range. There's a four-sided die. The four-sided die was weird because it's a pyramid. So you'd have to fling it in the air. You can't throw it on the table because wherever you throw it is how it'll land. It just lands on the flop. And then instead of, like most dice, it's what's on top. With a four-sided die, it's the one that's on the bottom. You see, let me ask you this. Yes. How often were you scrabbling around on the floor for these dice? Not very often, because you didn't roll them very much. You rolled the. Tw- well, you just said you threw one in the air. Well, right, but you didn't have to do that very often. You didn't oh, use the okay. four-sided die very often. So. so what was the four-sided die for? It might be like, okay, you fall into a pit, and that's like, let's see how many snakes are in there. And it'll be between one and four. So you throw the four-sided die, and it'll be uh, I see. snakes in this pit. I bet, I bet uh, Chini's loving this. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what helps is dragon tiles. So, did it? let me ask you this. We never did the miniatures. We never did any of that, visual, you know, real life. Yeah, I was just going to say, did you have, like, little character pieces? Nope. We drew our that? characters, but we didn't have them on the pieces. Uh, I would make, uh, is there any rules against making a dick monster? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's certain races you can be, and, and okay. you know, there are, by now, there's, like, infinite number of role-playing games because back i played it when dungeon dragons was the only game in town and i remember there was some science fiction thing that came out soon afterwards that was like oh my god this is like such a weird different way of doing role-playing um and you know you had spaceships and you had this and that but now there's like every kind of game for every kind of thing so i i couldn't imagine getting into it now because there's so many different things to learn but i'm sure if you had said that to me when dungeon dragons was out i people would be like so, so how old were you when you was playing? I think I started at like seven or eight with my friend Heidi and Dave down the block. My brother was into it, and so we kind of got into it that way. So and is this Heidi you played like Doctors and Nurses with? No. I played oh, Dungeons and Dragons. Okay, and Doctors and Nurses. <laughs> right? 
Anyway, <laughs> the point I was going to make is when the Intellivision came along soon afterwards, they had a video game on it called Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. And that was the first role-playing game I really played. And if you look at the graphics now, and Chinny, I have the list, or I have the Let's Play queued up, so you can put that okay. on the screen. The AD&D on the Intellivision, the graphics by today's standards were shit, but they were better than the graphics on the Atari. So people and you know, my friends had the Atari, we had the Intellivision, and there was no argument about whose graphics were better. The Intellivision graphics were twice as good as the Atari graphics, but there was about half as many games available for the Intellivision. So we used to have these arguments about which system was better, and the people who had the Atari said, well, ours is better because you have more games. And the Intellivision people would be like, well, our graphics are better. Yeah, get ready for this, Ginny. You're going to see high-res images right um, now. Yeah, this time. The, the, uh, the graphics are pretty amazing. Fortunately, uh, nobody these days has that. Whoa, realistic. Yeah, I know, right? Nobody these days makes dumb arguments about which console has games and which doesn't. Xbox ain't got games. It ain't got games. Man, the that sub- overworld map? Oh, my God. I used to look at that so much. That brings the back s- so many memories. The sad thing about AD&D on the Intellivision is that it doesn't run on the Wii U still. I know, right? <laughs> I know. The Wii U can't run it. It's too powerful. <laughs> it is. It is. It's too, it's too intensive for the Wii U to handle. Yes. I don't know what those dots on the ground are. <laughs> the poo is it's like monster poo. Oh, there's a snake. Oh, there you go. You got him. So anyway, I played a lot of that game. This uh, is still better than Deadly Premonition, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So anyway, that was a great game, uh, AD&D back in the day. And then soon afterwards, we played Pool of Radiance. And this game, for whatever reason, became my middle school life. And it was a role-playing and, and game. With, what? Right, is this paper and pen? No, no, no this, is a, this is a, a computer role-playing game. Oh, okay. Um, it was on. We played it on the Apple II C, which was way back in the day. Um, it was um, again. It was uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Like it was. It was. It was part of the Gold Box w- series, which was a series of games that were sanctioned by AD and D, and they were made by a company I think called SSI. And um, yeah, it was cool because everybody, you know, it, we played it as it was a group game. And so the way we played it was, you know, in the same way that like Final Fantasy or Mass Effect, you have a team that roams around and battles monsters. So did you did you take turns then? So exactly. Well, we well. each had right. We each made our own characters. So Joe, Scott, right. and Paul, and I got together, and we each made our own characters. And you, you know, it was the first game I remember. You could choose a different head for your character. You couldn't adjust much of it, but you could choose, you know, this hairstyle or that hairstyle or this icon for your player. Whoa. Or that icon. And it felt so cool to be like, oh, my guy looks cool. Your guy looks stupid. So yeah. I can just imagine this. And when we beat that game, oh my, the final battle, it was down to like there was only one of us left and we just barely made it. But it was like, oh, yeah. It was just so rewarding. It felt so good to beat that. So how many hours did it take? for you to beat this I don't even remember but I know that it must have been very short compared to today's standards both because you know games weren't that long back then and because we we couldn't play it except for a couple hours after school when everybody could get together you know what I mean I so they forced me to never play it alone uh, so when you finished it did you go that game sucked it wasn't difficult enough it was sucked no we played it and we went oh my god it was awesome and then I remember there was another game that came out soon afterwards about something of the Silver Blades, and I was going to play it. I was like, come on, guys. We have another one we can play now. And they're like, no, nah, I'm done with that stuff. 
So I was like, okay, I'll play it. And I played it for a little while. They went very far. I found girls and boobs, spaghetti. <laughs> no, none of them were that cool. So no, definitely not. But they they were interested in like music and stuff. So oh, you said girls and boobs, like it was separate. <laughs> well, you first find girls, then you find boobs. Come on, that's how they go, isn't know. it? And or you go straight for the clitoris. That's true. What's wrong with the kiss? <laughs> <laughs> he's referencing Monty Python uh, come on but anyway the other thing I would say about Pool of Radiance which was crazy it I guess it was to ward off piracy or something but it did this thing whenever you started it up it would say insert disc one and you put disc one and it would run for a second and then it would say now insert disc two <laughs> you put disc two in and it's like now insert disc three you had to do this with eight discs and yeah. you had this we, little, we played Monkey Island we know how this was this little paper wheel and you had to like line it up, and it would give you a code, and you had to, oh put, yeah, you know the decoder yeah. wheel, and I then type that. it in, as if yeah. you couldn't copy that. And they have those on Monkey Island, also. Yeah. So yeah. I just, you know, those are relics of a bygone. I had age. a Monkey Island on the Amiga, and it's eleven floppy disks. Yeah, same. Yeah, same. Here. Unbelievable. And it, it would it would go disk one, then seven. Disk one, there you go. Disc two, and then it go disc one again, then disc seven, then disc eleven. Three. And you go, oh, I'm near the end, but I haven't put disc ten in yet. No, disc ten is just a fucking on? chest. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, and there was, there was no, there was no specific order to the discs at all. No. And around oh the same God. time, the Bard's Tale came out for the uh, Apple II systems, and I played a lot of that. I don't really all oh, the battle and pool of radiance. God, it brings back so many memories. Anyway, Bard's Tale, I don't remember as much about it because I didn't play as much as Pool of Radiance, but that was another early RPG, and I, I was way into these. I mean, these were my jams back in the day. Was my jam. Yeah. Hey, uh, my generation. My generation. There you go. Are you okay? <laughs> yeah, Are sorry. You I'm, a, I'm a bit frantic tonight, you know, with having little sleep and sort of, you know, I'm a bit tired. Okay, I think okay. I'm just, just a bit just, hyper. Just calm down a little bit. I'm a bit hyper, man. I'm hyper. Just, just bring it down and we'll be fine. Get up okay. 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 So okay. Don't get all worked up. I'm going to calm. I'm calming. I'm calming. Take a deep breath. <sighs> Sound like a train. Though. Right. And then there was a gap for me. Um, I didn't play many role-playing games in high school. I remember at one point on the NES, which was late middle school, early high school, um, there was Dragon Warrior, which I played a good amount of, not a whole lot. But then I don't think there was any other RPG until Final Fantasy VII for me. What? Which is weird, because I know there were others that came out in that time. I played Legend of Zelda, but I didn't get a Super Nintendo, and I didn't have any of the intervening stuff. So let's talk about Final Fantasy VII, then. Uh, Oh, oh, snap. This is when Duke lost his life. So if anybody doesn't know... My big story about Final Fantasy VII, there's two. One was the first time I ever watched the opening cinematic. And if you can find the opening cinematic for Final Fantasy VII, uh, Chinny, put that on the stream. Oh, my God. Because (coughs) graphics, you know, (coughs) hang on. Uh Uh-oh. 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 All he wants you to do is talk about the opening cinematic. Uh, Someone give him the kiss of life. Oh, my God, he's dead. This is why you shouldn't eat toffee peanuts during a podcast. Maybe not. Anyway. Graphics, um, you know, I had been away from video games. Aside from Myst, I really hadn't played many video games in a while. So when when Myst came out, of course, it was amazing, and I sort of knew where graphics were at. But Final Fantasy VII did some different things because we had full motion cinematics there, 
and and Mist, for all of its beauty, did not have full motion, full screen cinematics. It was beautifully rendered, but it was one screen at a time. So it was something very different to see this, you know, opening montage of Final Fantasy VII with this little girl, and then pulling back to this whole scene of the universe and and this train and I mean just it was so intense but were you not were you not then disappointed when the game started no. and it looked nothing like no, that because I understood that the game was going to look one way and then the cutscenes were going to look another way and every once in a while we were going to get this group of people riding their motorcycle through a store and it was do you know you see that used to just disappoint me when I was a kid, right? And I'd see this amazing cutscene on a game. I'd be like, "Oh, this is amazing!" And then the game would start. And I'm like, "That looks nothing like the cutscene. Why doesn't it look like the cutscene? Why does the rest of the game not look like that?" You're lucky that you're alive now. When we've come to a time, I know, I know, to have that experience. Do you know what I mean? Though it was kind of like, I want to play a game that looks like that. I don't know. Well, like well, well, no, oh, maybe I, I was not as dumb as you, but I, I never really. <laughs> Um, like I knew, like that—that that was just what I expected. Like that's like. No, yeah, I'm not saying it's not what I expected, but that's not what I wanted. Yeah, obviously, but then I also realised, well, they can't do it. Like they, it's just not <laughs> capable of doing it yet. But Stu wants. I Stu want was like, that no. now in my hand. Stu, Stu, Stu's I the, the guy future. that is like, now. why can't we go to another Earth-like planet now? Why can't we All travel right, in time now? Well, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and it's going like, to be the 20th anniversary of Final Fantasy VII, people. This this was the era where a cutscene, like a full CGI cutscene, was like the treat of yeah, playing. Like you know, it. sometimes you play a game. I you and played you, it in order to see these. Yeah. Yeah, you'd finish the level, and the treat was the cutscene. Like I remember Tomb Raider doing that, where you know when you see a full cutscene, it was like, oh wow, this is the you know this is the the reward for. Yeah for playing the level and stuff. And the other you thing know, I'll say about Final Fantasy VII is that it, you know, I don't I'm sure other games did it before this, but the first time I remember seeing a game that started right in the middle of an action sequence. You come in on the train, you're going into Shinra or wherever it is, and and there's this argument about who you're a member of Shield and all and I'm like, "What?" And you could rename your characters, which was different at the time. So I was just like, "Man, this is intense." And then the other story about Final Fantasy VII I will tell is that one night because I, I, I lived in this house with these two other guys, and, uh, you know, just two other guys just hanging out like bros. Oh, uh, yeah. What was, what was hanging butter, out? bro. Anyway, so one of them got – some of them had a PS1. It wasn't mine, but he had a PS1. He brought home Final Fantasy VII. We watched him play the opening scene, and we were just like, oh, my God. And we would – if we didn't have homework or whatever, we would just sit and watch the other people play. It was that good. And it was like Twitch in real life. It was nerd. total nerds. And so when it, at one point, I remember I had like three days with no classes, something like that. It just I got lucky. And on the second day, I, I played late. And then my roommates got up in the morning to go to their classes. And they're like, have you been playing all night? And I'm like, yeah, let me just save my game and then I'm going to go to bed. And they're like, we are taking the game out and taking it with us. You need to stop playing it. I'm like, no, 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 I'm good. Just let me finish this mission. I'll save it, and then I'll go to sleep. I really will. And they're like, all right, whatever. And they went to their class. When they came back an hour later from class, I was in this Papazon chair. Y'all know what those are? You have those in the UK? I have no clue what a Papazon chair is. It's kind of like a satellite dish chair. It's got this cushion in it, and it's made out of wicker. Anyway, I was sitting. Yeah, like a like a cool retro styly type chair. Eh, no, but whatever. Anyway, so what's he called? Tell me what it's called again. Papazon chair. 
It kind of looks like a baseball glove. Exactly. Anyway, the, it doesn't matter. I was sitting in the chair. <laughs> Tell me more about the chair, dude. <laughs> oh, you see, I know. <laughs> yes, I have cushion. seen these. I have seen these. Okay, chairs. fine. Shut up. So these are cool. These are a lot of money. They weren't. It wasn't not in the United States. Anyway, here's the point. Um, the I, I the controller had fallen out of my hand and it lay on the ground and I I had not moved from staring at the screen. Were you like catatonic? Yeah, I was. They came in and they saw me and they looked at the screen. They, it took a minute to figure out what was going on and then they bust out laughing because what had happened was I went to save my game, but I accidentally loaded my roommate's game over my game. I panicked. <laughs> I said, oh my God, I have to load my uh, backup save game. Of course we had backups. And I loaded my backup, but instead of loading my backup, I saved his game over my game and I wiped out both of them. <laughs> and it was it was I, Final Fantasy 7 was the first game I ever remember seeing there may have been others that did it but I don't remember them it was the first one that had like when you saved a game it told you how long you've been playing and I remember oh, I playing for 22 hours and that's I, right Millie would, when she deleted Animal Crossing it, save exactly and I, I I was it was devastating yeah did you start all over again you pathetic loser I sure did yeah we didn't yeah. Millie cried I mean she literally cried because we'd played, I bet it must have been, oh, easily 50 hours of Animal Crossing. I mean, we had like three levels to our house. I mean, we had really hammered the game between us. Mm-hmm. And she she saved over it or deleted, managed to delete it. And that was that. It was gone. Yeah, but the thing is, Animal Crossing is dumb. It is dumb. <laughs> but but really, I think that's the only time. I've only ever seen oh, Millie Oh, it's your cry. birthday. We acknowledge it. Great. Shut up. I've only seen Millie ever cry twice in her life. She's like a bloke. She just doesn't cry, right? And the only two times I've ever seen her, what I would consider properly crying. Did you take her food? <laughs> no, no, but that would probably make her cry as well. Yeah. Uh, was when, obviously, she deleted the save on Animal Crossing. And the only other time I've seen her properly cry was when she watched E.T. the thir- the first time. And since then, she has refused to ever watch E.T. again. Well, she cried because she knew what Drew, Drew Barrymore's career was going to be after that. <laughs> well, it turned out all right. In no, the the other thing I need to say about Final Fantasy VII is that it was a racist game. The character of Barrett, he's this like really strong, really muscular black man. And everything he says is this ridiculous Japanese parody of Ebonics. So it's like... What you talking about? I want to kick your ass. I mean, he doesn't have a voice, but it's all written like that. So he's like, you fool, you bet not mess with me. And it's just, oh, God, can you be more racist? Yeah, but every black person I know speaks like that. So <laughs> Yeah, just like that. What's the matter with you? Yeah. So anyway, those are my early RPG experiences. Y'all go ahead. There you go. Mm-hmm. I mean, my early ones, like I said earlier, earlier. Ah, that's funny. Uh, the first one I really... Actually, I'll tell you what, another one I played oh, on Spectrum. Yes, please do. One... One was The Hobbit, which was pretty awful, if I'm being honest. I'm sure people will go, no, it was the best RPG ever, um, was that. And then the other one I played was Gremlins, the video game. That's not an RPG. Uh, it was an RPG. It was kind of I, like an RPG. I bet Fuck you. Why do you say it was an RPG? Because you had to role play as the, you know, the guy from the film, and you had to move around all the different places, and you had to get rid of all the gremlins. So you kind every of... game ever made is an RPG, then, if that's Shut criteria. Up. It, was, it was fine. I'm not, but it no, was... I'm not searching for it. I've, I've got The Hobbit on the screen. No, The Hobbit, The Hobbit. then, we'll, we'll go with that. But I don't know, it had RPG elements, so you kind of had to, you know, Jesus stick Christ, gremlins I'm in the so microwave. I miss these so... types of games where you've got to type <laughs> stuff in. 
Look at it. Oh, there was this the was first. kind of like Zork, but with pictures. Right, for those who never played these games, the worst part about it... <clears throat> sorry, I didn't think I was going to be talking for a minute. The worst part about it would be like, it would say, you walk past a graveyard, and you see a spooky door. And you think, I'll go to the door in a second. Look at graveyard. And it would say, I don't understand graveyard. You yeah, just yeah. said it! Yeah, yeah. You spent a lot of time typing, trying to find what command would work. Yep. Open door. Oh, I've opened the door. That's good. Yeah. Uh, shut door. Shut. Don't understand shut. Close door. Oh, close door. And it was like that constantly, wasn't it? Thank God graduated to a point where, A, you don't have to worry about that. And B, any games you have to type, it's clear what you're supposed to type or, you know, they give you options to click. Yeah, which was a much better way of doing right. it. Uh, but The Hobbit was all right. I mean, as, a, as the first RPG I played, it was all right. And then... If I'm being really honest, I didn't play another RPG until I played Oblivion. That's, that's how long a gap there was, probably between my first and next RPG that I played. Big gap. Yeah, massive gap. Um, and Oblivion was funny because I hadn't had my 360 very long, and there was only a few games out, and it was kind of like, and like, what's the best game? Yeah, you know, Oblivion gets really good reviews. And Kay bought it for me for my birthday. Oh. She went, and it's, it's the one and only time she has ever purchased a video game for me, right? And I didn't ask her for it. I never asked her. She actually got it off her own bat, went and bought it, because she'd obviously heard me talking about it, whatever, went and bought it for me. And the first time I played it, I was like, I don't understand what I'm doing. I'm just dying a lot, right? And I got out of the dungeon. And I got out of the dungeon, had no clue what I was doing, and then I didn't play it again for six months, so I never played it again for six months. I put it in, played it for probably about two hours. You just imagine that stupid. Like, this game's bollocks. Yeah. yeah. Don't get it. And I only sort of got to playing it. It was because... People was talking mate, about it? No, my mate, Feng Chewy. Chewy, Feng Chewy. Uh, was a massive Oblivion fan, and he'd played it on his PC. And he, I went round to his house one night, and we were having a beer, and I said, oh, I've got that, got that game Oblivion, and I've never played it. And he's shit, shit, right? And he was, going, and it was Patrick Stewart shit. as the king. That's right. That's right. And he went, no, it's not. It's the best game ever. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't understand it. And he basically, that night, taught me what I needed to do in the game and he how to play He helped you become it. a man that night. He did. He Took did. me and, by the hand. And, right, this is how sad he was. And I love Sean to bits, right? But this is how sad he was. He had, you know, the in-game map that you get with the game. Yeah. You know, the folding map. And he had, he had little it. icons on other things. He did. He had it pinned on his wall. And he had an icon for every place he'd visited in the game on the map, on the physical map. Yeah. And what was there. And he was like, and this is where there's a dungeon. And this is where there's this. And this is where there's this castle. And uh, you need to go here. And you need to do this. And he was like, uh, oh, what you need to do as you're playing the game is hop all the time. Just keep on jumping. <laughs> you did, yeah, because that's how you built up your dexterity. Yeah, or jump. just keep jumping as you're walking. Just just jump Everybody everywhere, everywhere you play go. this game, that's all you do. Hop, 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 hop. Hop, hop, hop. And then the other thing you tell me to do, and this is probably the best tip he ever gave me. He went, if you want to get like... Get a say, different hobby? <laughs> no, your fire damage up, right? What you need to do is be able to summon like a little gremlin, okay, by the hut, you know, you can. the first house you can afford is like the hut, isn't it, in the main city? Yep. He's like, buy a hut, right? Once you've got a hut, go in there, summon this, like, very low gremlin thing when you've got that up, 
and then just keep killing it with your fireballs and then summon it again and keep killing it with your fireballs and summon it again and kill it with your fireballs. And it, it times in video games. And I did that. I did that one day for about three hours. God damn it. Talk about <laughs> ignoring the spirit of the game. I don't want to get powerful, but I don't want to have to actually do the work. I'm just going to sit here. You're That's the reason why people work. think that these games are grindy. It took three hours, man. That was work. It was, I really know. Good. It was pathetic. But anyway, here's the thing. For the people who don't know, these are. this was the earlier Elder Scrolls game. This is the Elder Scrolls 4, and it worked really well because it was Elder Scrolls 4, and then the 4 was the middle of the word Oblivion, which is really good design right there. So anyway, and you had to open up the Oblivion gates and then go in and close them again by killing monsters, but they all looked the same, so it wasn't clear where you are supposed to go. And the Oblivion gates were great because you got some really cool loot. You did, and it was a huge game. This was, I think, before Fallout 3, right? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, massively yeah, before. Yeah, yeah. And it yeah. was like, it was just, it felt so immersive. And then, of course, Skyrim came along and everyone forgot all about Oblivion. I mean, the the, the interesting thing about Oblivion was that there was like a massive game breaker right at the beginning of the game that you could do. Oh, uh, when no, you got to the key. Yeah, when you, you right at the beginning, you didn't have to be that high level. You could do a game breaker. You could do a Daedric quest, which gave you an unbreakable skeleton key. And you could literally open any lock on any chest or any door in the whole world, and it would always open for you. And you used to go over it, and he's like, ching, 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 uh, open. And you got, like, so much cool loot. You know, again, but, I mean, like I say, the trouble with that is, once you had that, you, you were pretty invincible, really, because you could just level up really quick. But the other thing we need to talk about with Oblivion was the best minigame ever in any game before or since, which was the attitude of the person you were talking to minigame. Uh, okay, each person had a yeah. favorability rating toward you. And sometimes it started really low at like six. Sometimes it was already at 80 when you started talking to them. But in any case, sometimes you could get them to feel more kindly toward you and therefore give you more information. You had different dialogue options sometimes. And, and the way you did this was by interacting with them with four different ways before you actually ask them any questions. So your four things were, I think, like compliment, joke, insult, question, or something like that. And Yeah, it was. And you yeah, had to put the indicator on the – it had this little wheel with split into four parts. And you put the indicator on each one of them, and you looked at whether the person smiled, frowned, really smiled, or really frowned. And then you had to do each one – and if you did them in the right order, you would give a lot of power to the joke, which made them laugh, or the insult, which would make them very happy for whatever reason. And it was the dumbest thing ever. But every wow. time you talked to somebody, you had to do this so you would have them feel favorable toward you and you could get to that. persuade them. Yeah, it was the dumbest <laughs> thing ever. It was. I mean, it was. I mean, the game itself, when I'm looking at some of the, even just the combat, that just looks so rosy well, it it, when you look at it. And every dungeon looked exactly the same because they only had I always, pieces. I always remember there was, um, I can't remember what it was, but it was almost like an, uh, like an almost undefeatable knight in like a dungeon oh. across from the main city. Yeah, I don't know. And I can't remember. And they, and they had really cool armor and stuff yeah. and a really cool sword. And I thought, you know what I'm going to do? So I, I leveled myself up and I thought, I'm going to go and have a go. And um, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, it used to kill you like, well, so I hit, I hit it. I think it was, a, was it a woman? Oh, Knight of Umbra. Wasn't it called the Knight of Umbra? I don't even remember. 
Yeah, it was the night of Umbra. And I, and I hit her once, right? And I'm sure it was a woman. And then I ran away and she followed me. And then I swam because I thought, because I was, um, I'm trying to remember what race it was, but it was one that could breathe underwater. Argonian, probably. Yeah, I was Argonian. And I had this idea that if I swam underwater and she followed me underwater, she'd drown. Nope. And then I could just get all the stuff. No. Yeah. She just swam and swam like Benny Hill, followed me, followed me, followed me, all the way back to my house, right? Never stopped following me. And then, do you know what happened? <laughs> she got stuck on the edge of my house. So I was at one side. She was stuck. And I just kept hitting her until she died. Yeah. And I was like, hey! To be fair, a lot of the quests in Oblivion were good in a way that the quests in Skyrim weren't as good. I still think Skyrim's wonderful and glorious. But, you know, for instance, in Oblivion at one point, someone told you there's a village up there that's been having some problems. Go investigate, you know, standard RPG quest stuff. And when you went up, there was no one around. And you were like, oh my god, they must have been abducted or something. I don't know what's going on. And then you realize, wait a minute, I can talk to, they must be ghosts. You talk, You finally talk to somebody, and they're like, we've all been turned invisible. This sucks. Help us. And yeah. you had to go and figure out how they got turned invisible and all that. And when you finished the quest, the whole town was like, oh, thank you so much. You rock. So, you know, that's just a good quest. And there was another one where someone was like, hey, um, I lost my ring. Can you go get it for me? And you go to get it, and when you find it, it turns out it's a cursed ring of, like, incredible weight. And it would like you would drown if you didn't immediately start swimming and gobble up potions of water breathing, or if you were an Argonian, you could beat that puzzle. So it was just, yeah, I was fine. It was really with that. cool, you know. And it was like the person was trying to trick you into dying at the bottom of this well so that you he would get your stuff. Yeah, my favorite quest of the of the whole of Oblivion that I played was the Assassins Guild quest where you had to where it was like the murder mystery evening in the yeah. house. Oh, that was great. And it was brilliant. It's one that still, for me, out of all the RPGs I've played, is still, for me, one of the finest constructed quests ever. It's a very good and it, Yeah, it was just so cool. It was one of the coolest things ever. Agreed. Yeah. So I loved Oblivion. And um, the Shivering Isles. Oh, my God. I love the Shivering Isles. I played everything. And what's quite funny, by the end of the game, I was I had full invisibility armor, yeah. which made me completely invisible, so no one could actually see me. Yeah. So it was. It used to be really funny. I used to go over and just like hit a guard and be like, Who, who's that? Huh? <laughs> huh? Must Couldn't have been the you. wind. It must have been the wind. And I had another set of armor, which was like almost impregnable. So when I put that on, I could just stand there and he just kept hitting me with whatever they had, and it made no difference. Yeah. I'm just like completely undefeatable. Invisible. Um, invincible. Invincible and invisible. Um, but it was great because once you were like the sort of. Um, what was the wizard class called? I can't bloody remember now. Twatbag. No. <laughs> I think it was Twatbag. Yeah, it was Twatbag. The Twatbag class. Right. Um, <laughs> when, you were, when you were like the chief, because you, you ended up being the chief of everything. Like every so, scrolls game. So he was like the Dark Brotherhood chief. You, you know, everything. You were like the. Master. No, you were not. You were the Night Whisperer. Get it right. Get it right. Uh, whatever. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you were the chief of everything, and you could create your own armor and your own sort of spells and all that sort of stuff, and it was just so cool. Yeah. Really, really cool. All right, Tim, uh, but yeah, talk about an RPG. Yeah, come on, Chini. Um, I thought RPGs were shit, so I didn't play very many. Um. Wasn't into Japanese games, so a lot of RPGs were Japanese games when I was sort of playing video games. Never played a Final Fantasy. 
Um, I played yeah. a little bit of eight. I played all of nine. Nine was awesome. Eight, they took some chances that didn't work for me. But nine was great. I'm waiting for them. Actually, I think nine is back on Steam, but it's very expensive, so I'm not touching it yet. Yeah, I remember seeing. I remember having a demo disc and seeing the cinematic of Final Fantasy uh, seven on there. And I used to think, yeah, that looks good, but like, I don't know. Just the Japanese aesthetic was just never, just never appealed to me. I just never thought about it. So I, I always associated uh, RPGs with Japanese games. Do you know what I mean? And you went weird and shit. And I just went, nah. Like, I liked shooting things in the face in Mario. So, no. So uh, when Mass Effect came along, it was perfect for you. So Mass Effect, uh, I mean, I remember watching a demo disc when they, they were still about in 2006. And I remember hearing, I suppose... Unbelievable. It, I suppose it, it, it's, it's, it's like a quick look. Do you know what I mean? Like a, a YouTube quick look where people just comment over a, a, a video. And they, they were playing uh, Oblivion. And I remember them talking about Elder Scrolls and, ah, oh, this is the fourth one. I was like, this is the fourth one? Like, I've never even fucking heard of this thing. Uh, and they just, oh, yeah, you know, they talked about how the trees grow over time and all this bollocks. And I, and I was like, nah. And then Marshy got played Oblivion and loved it. I watched him play it and I went, nah, it still isn't grabbing me. Like, just still, oh, no, man, this doesn't look good for me. <laughs> and uh, and then Mass Effect came along. And Mass Effect was probably the first RPG that I've ever played. And I... And I remember a moment I had with Mass Effect because I'm not used to playing RPGs. So I, I by, by now, I knew what RPGs were. You know what I mean? Like, I, I didn't know what they were before. But, like, when I was playing Mass Effect, I, I was like, yeah, okay, I know, I know what RPGs yeah, are. Yeah, but yeah, I, I've got to say, I found uh, Mass Effect quite complete, like, completely different to Oblivion. And, and it was more complex because when I first started playing Mass Effect... I didn't realize you had to level up your party as well. So when I played it for about the first four or five hours, I was only leveling my own character up and didn't realize I had to level everybody else up. Right. Not so it was. I can see that happening to somebody who's a smart person. You really suck. Uh, you know what I mean, though. But I didn't play. I mean, I'd only ever played Oblivion. That was kind of probably Mass Effect was probably the second RPG I'd ever played. That was the thing. I think I got lucky because if you played party RPGs, you know, where you have your control of a group of people, not just one individual, yeah. like Oblivion, you get used to that, and you're like, I gotta keep leveling everybody up. I gotta rotate people in and out. Yeah, and he didn't really prompt you that much either. He didn't really tell you. It was. I think the other thing that a lot of people were perturbed about with Mass Effect was. That although it appeared to be a third-person shooter, it it really wasn't. You know, it looked like one. It was, but it, it but it didn't act like one because it was still rolling dice that's, in the background. But that's why I didn't enjoy it at first. I thought it was just a shooter, and I'm like, I heard this was a great role-playing game. I'm not playing this, and I quit after about an hour. And then I, years later, I went back and I was like, Oh my god, what was I thinking? You are crazy, man. Yeah. yeah, I mean, sort of, you know, and we all we all remember the driving parts of the game. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so to everyone talks about I didn't really mind those too much. I mean, what about you, Chinny? Uh, yeah, look, I didn't mind the drive. I liked the Mako. I thought the Mako was good. Um, but I'm an idiot, so what do I know? But the, the uh, yeah, Mass Effect, I did play an RPG before Mass Effect, but it was a demo, and it was uh, Eternal Sonata. And I love Eternal I, Sonata. That's on my list. I played this game, and I thought, what the fuck is this shit? 
uh, and then that put me off RPG. So no, I, I played Mass Effect. I, I really liked it, but like there was a learning curve still for me for RPGs because I remember I was like, yeah, you know, let me roam around and I just want to discover stuff myself, right? So I went on this planet randomly, and I just I spent about two hours trying to do this fucking building, right? And it must have been some side quest that I wasn't ready for, but I didn't understand the concept of that. I was like, no. I have to do it. All right. And it was just dicking me. This, this thing <laughs> couldn't do it. I was like, man, this game's really hard. And I came back like 20 hours later and just killed it all. Yeah. Uh, I remember there were some games on the Xbox 360. The last remnant was one of them. And there were a couple others uh, made by Square Enix um, <sighs> where, yeah, like if you tried to venture into an area that you weren't ready to go into, you just get stomped. And that yeah. was a thing. Again, you'd learn, you know, when we played Pool of Radiance way back in the day, if you left the slums, that was just, you know, that was your area to go and fight in until you were a certain level. And then you could go to the other island and, you know, TK or the vampires or whatever. So that, I think, was something that Mass Effect probably expected. A lot of players knew the concept of don't roam too far from the street or whatever. And then, of course, that got incorporated in a lot of other games as well. Yeah. When I, um, when I bought the original Xbox with Marsh, me and Marsh went halves on the original Xbox, we bought it for Halo, uh, of course, because Halo is awesome. And uh, there was a game with with the Xbox as well, but we was only interested in Halo, and it was Knights of the Old Republic. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I remember Marsh playing it. He was more open to sort of playing like RPGs. And, and it was Star Wars, and I wasn't really into Star Wars either. And... Um, but he was playing it, and I remember watching Knights of the Old Republic, thinking, "Like, oh, I don't get it. You have to stop. Why does? He, why do you have to stop? Like, <laughs> why? Why are you not just swinging your lightsaber? Like, I just want to like swing my like. I want a proper like lightsaber. I don't want to stop and then put this, this, this in, stop and then see it. if it works. Like that whole concept to me was just so alien. Yeah. Um, I, I just didn't like that, and I thought it was dumb." Uh, I watched Marshy play it a bit, and I could see that like, there were some good things about it. I just I wasn't interested. But I think Mass Effect for me drew me in because it just looked so great. Like I, I'm into sci-fi anyway, uh, and I'm into you know like um, you know astronomy and and space and so on. So I really liked how. I think I think the other thing with Mass Effect though was just how. For the time, how stunning he looked. It looked great. It was just like, yeah. It looked great. It was one of the best looking games out, wasn't it? It was like, wow, just look at this. I just think that Mass Effect has this of this uh, cool sort of look to it where, I don't know, it looks like it's respectful of space. You know, it, it, it like respects the the genre and it respects the 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 credibility of going to space. And I don't know, like it just looked, it didn't look trashy in any way. No, it looked very smooth it and, um, and great, and yeah, it did. And the other thing that I thought, I think Mass Effect was one of the first time this ever happened in a game for me was in my game. Sadly, Rex died. Yeah, and I love Rex. He was such a cool character, and he died right. And I was just like, oh my god, that's awful that he died right. And then I was speaking to someone else, and I'm like, I can't believe that Rex died, and they're like, didn't die in my game. Yeah. Like, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa! What do you mean he didn't die? My decisions actually can have an yeah, actually did make care about because games been promising that for years, and I think Mass Effect was one of the first ones where it actually felt like there was some significance to it. 
Yeah, it did. I mean, massively, because I was just like, I can't believe that. I can't. What do you mean he didn't die in your game? How could he not die? He just died. And they're like, no, he didn't die in my game. Yeah. I was like, oh my god. And he made, yeah, like you say, he made me realize that actually stuff that I was doing had an impact on what happened and how it played out. Yeah, I, I'd never really played a game like that before. Uh, yeah, and I, I haven't really played a game where you could be good or bad. Um, <laughs> bad, I'm going to so be I never bad. really did that before. Uh, I just, I, I don't know, like, I suppose eventually, it's it's like most things, isn't it? Like, eventually there's something that'll that'll get you. With, yeah. with, with video games, I feel like there's a game for every everybody in every genre. Like, I don't yeah. like Japanese games, but eventually, you know, Vanquish comes along and gets me. Yeah. And, 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 yeah, and I think Mass Effect was the RPG that got me. And, and but, but I'd, I'd like to talk about another one that was probably my second RPG that I ever played, um, which was Fallout 3. Yeah, of course. And Fallout 3, I still think, is the best Fallout game. Um, but that might... That might have largely to do with, like, we just never had a game like Fallout 3 before, uh, in, in my opinion. Um, it was just, it was, it's just one of a kind, and it just hit on the, on that sweet spot of, like, never, ha- never seen something like this before, but also, you know, it could, it could run, a, a, it, it could do everything that you wanted it to do. Uh, whereas Fallout 4 is, it's still great and, and, and probably uh, in some ways better than 3. But oh, it yeah. still isn't three because you played because three was the first. So uh, yeah, I remember when, when Fallout Three came out, I was like, I can't wait to play it. I can't wait to play it. And I remember getting it and I got it on a Friday night. I think it came because games used to always come out on a Friday, didn't they? Yeah. And um, I got it Friday morning. I, I was working, so I didn't get home till after work, and I was obviously off at the weekend. And I remember start, obviously I waited till Kay went to bed, and I started playing it about ten o'clock at night. And then I played it probably till about four o'clock in the morning. I played sort of six hours straight. Yeah. And um, I remember thinking, because at the time, I, you know, I was completely lost in the game, you know, playing it. And I remember sort of glancing at the uh, the curtains and realized it was getting daylight outside. Oh. And I was like, holy shit. And I think that's the only time I've ever done that. You know, I don't think I've ever done it since. It does happen. It- or prior to. Um, but weirdly, I never finished the story. I never finished the story mode of Fallout oh, 3. I needed it because the story is like the easiest thing in the world about this game and the shortest. Yeah, I know. Nearly did it. You do it in like five hours. I, I did go back. You know, before I, just before I got rid of my 360, I actually t- attempted to finish it. Attempt. Uh, and I got difficult. I got to over overcome. Yeah, I got pretty close, but I just never quite finished it. Yeah, so I never did it. Um, but again, I mean, it did that thing of oblivion as well, where you know you're in this vault, and uh, you, it does the big reveal of the world outside, you know. And I think that's what they do, Bethesda, really well. Again, like I, there were still like things that I had to learn about RPGs, mm-hmm. and I know this isn't always the case, but I remember because I was really evil in um, Fallout Three, so I you were so I did the ten penny tower thing, right? For for ten ten penny. And when once I did that mission, because because I'm so used to GTA, right? In GTA, you have um, a person that gives you missions, right? right? When the mission's over, you go back to that person, then he gives you another one, and he gives you then he might give you like five or ten more, and then he'll introduce you to another person, right. and then you might have a few more of that person, but you'll go to the, and you sort of go up the food chain, if you will, of criminals, and 
this is how I get my missions in open world games. This is how I thought it worked. So when I played Fallout 3, and I know it does sort of work like that a little bit, sort but of. it works a lot quicker in Fallout. In, yeah, you, you in, in, penny right away, yeah. Yeah, and so you, you, I meet Tenpenny, and he says, you know, do this, blow this up, or whatever, do that. And like, and he says, you know, I'll give you a room, and you can stay here, right? right? So I do that, and then my GTA brain goes, okay, I'll stay here, and then I'll work for him, and then I'll come <laughs> back here, and like, he'll give me another mission, right? And he'll just keep giving me missions, and that's where the story will go. But instead, and, he was like, hi, good to see you. Yeah, and instead, it's just like <laughs> I thought like that would be my hub, and and it was sort of my hub, but I thought like okay, there'd be another whole line of dialogue here where. Um, you know, I can like interact with him, and he'll give me more missions to do. And it was just like I walk past him and go, "Hey," and I'm like, "You see, that's because you were an RPG." Waiting new. for you. I just but felt... it's that actually, no, no, because you know, Pool of Radiance, going all the way back to that, there were always mission boards, and there was a place for you to go and find out where you know, kill these people in the slums or whatever it is. And Fallout didn't have any of that. Fallout doesn't. Have, Bethesda games don't have mission boards, and Witcher Three does. No, yeah, no, does, nothing bad or good about it. It's just that's a sort of thing that I was remembering standard in role-playing games. And I remember looking for them in Oblivion and Fallout 3, and they didn't exist. So I know something of what Shinny is talking about. I just felt a little bit like um, disappointed about that. I remember genuinely being like, uh, you know, like I thought I didn't think that, that that's the way it would go. You were just like, I don't understand this. What is going but like, on? Yeah, Tenpenny was like, yeah, you're done. Look, we've we got nothing to more to talk about. Like, now, the interesting thing, sorry. I did that fucking thing for you. I blew up a fucking... I killed <laughs> little children for you. And all you've got to say to me is, hey, how's it going? So I killed that prick as well. The nice he gave you a room. Take that. The coolest thing about Tenpenny Tower, well, I did this a lot, and used to do. I used to do it on the uh, satellite dishes as well. You see, you get a rocket launcher and you hit the ground near you, and you see how far you can launch yourself out from the tower as you die. But the interesting thing that Bethesda I think does well is, yes, they you know okay they have the game you know the quests where it's like oh bring this to my brother or whatever, and we saw this in Arafu in Fallout Three. Find my brother, you know, and then you have this whole thing about where is your brother gone. When you finish those, very often in that same town, you'll find another quest that will take you somewhere else. And I think that that's one thing that Bethesda does very well is it gets you going on a series of quests geographically, yeah. not yeah. according to a person. What, what was yeah. great about Fallout, which sort of I learned, okay, this is why this game is great, is after that happened, I would walk... And ironically, GTA and Red Dead Redemption do this now, but but at the time it was totally new for me. Where you would walk down and somebody would find you and go, "My dad's trapped in this fucking thing with fire ants. Can you save him?" I'm like, "Fuck you!" And then he's like, "Oh, there's, there might be some cool stuff in there." I was like, "I like it now." So like that was cool. Like you just feel like you know you come across a town full of Daves, and yeah. you know that just felt fucking oh, awesome, just to like come across these really weird scenarios and it's all sort of it's all sort of set up for you uh, but not at the same time so it feels really organic when you come across them and that's not something i really came across in gta obviously you do come across little things like that in gta especially gta 5 and red dead redemption yeah, red they redemption. got way sorry again red dead redemption yeah they got way better at that you know what i mean like they got way better at that in rockstar games but it felt I mean, you know, a, a side quest in, in a Red Dead Redemption, like like a random encounter, is just a random encounter still. Even in GTA, it's just like, oh, 
you know, it might lead to a little bit of a mission. It very rarely leads to a big mission. But in Fallout, yeah, like, say, you can uh, you can come across yeah. someone and it comes like this fucking epic thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think what was it, one of the interesting things to me when I was playing Fallout was I, I play usually a pretty good person. You know, I'm usually very good. Uh, and I very rarely play as an evil character. But I did start doing the slaver mission. Yep. You know, where you get the slaver collars. One of my favorite missions. It was. And I was playing it. And I, then I came across the lad with the fire ants whose dad was down in the thing. Yeah. So and then eventually you find his body, don't you, or his skeleton or something? I can't remember exactly. Oh yeah, I can't remember. Now. He's he's not alive anyway. So you have to come back and break the bad news to him and tell him that his dad's dead or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I stuck a slaver collar on. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. It's funny because like the the fire ant thing is one of the one of the first things that happened to me in that game. Yeah. And the slaver thing was one of the last things that happened to me in that game. Oh, that's funny. And off he, off he went. I sent him off on his way to this slaver place. Too right. Place. Too right. Yeah, Man, I, and it's I, I assaulted that place the first time I ever saw it, heard about it. I was like, I'm going to free everybody in there, and I got slaughtered because I wasn't ready. But then I went back later, and I'm like, here comes freedom. I am John Brown. Rah! Die, slavers. <laughs> and I killed them all, and I set everybody free. And there was one person who's like, uh, no, this is my home. I'm good here. And I'm like, hey, you can stay here if you want to, but the door is open, and you should leave. So. There you go. Yeah, it is funny though, isn't it? I mean, that, that's and I think that's what sort of Fallout did really, really well because obviously Oblivion didn't have this good or bad thing or karma or anything. Um, apart from whether they were frowning or really frowning <laughs> yeah. or smiling does, or really does, smiling. Does Skyrim have it? Uh, no, no. You no. have no. Uh, the Elder Scrolls doesn't really do good and bad. It has mm-hmm. each hold, each area has its system of law. So if you break the law, someone sees you break the law and you don't kill them, um, then you have a <laughs> bounty and you can you know get wanted by the guards. So that's kind of like how New Vegas did it, I suppose. Yeah, and then you really, uh, you know, you really break the law once you kill someone, right? And especially if you don't hide the body very well. Um, but yeah, I was yeah I was gonna say it is it is interesting how Fallout is a much kind of darker game, isn't it? Really, you know, and they obviously introduced the VAT system, which was pretty groundbreaking at the time because I don't think really any game has used that since. That you know, system apart it was from a glorious obviously. moment of um, evolution where somebody figured out a way to mix turn-based and real-time combat, and it's it remains one of the best video game me- mechanics of all time. It does, and uh, I love it. But let's be let's be honest. Nobody played Fallout Three as a third person shooter. I actually have met people online. I mean, not really met them, but you know, I've interacted with people who were like, "Oh yeah, I never use Vats. Vats sucks." I'm like, "Wow, you exist. You're bizarre." Yeah, I can't believe that because he's it was very clunky, you know, to to actually play it as and even try and play it as a first person shooter perspective was as clunky as I, you know, it was. You had to use Vats, in my opinion. Yeah. That's what he was there for, man. That's why I love it. It's built for. And uh, yeah, yeah, I used to spend hours like, you know, going, oh, need to get a bit closer before I can get a good percentage shot on his head. Yep. <laughs> That's why you put all your uh, level points into headshots. Yeah, yeah. And I, I used to have uh, the bloody mess perk, and that was always kind That's of fun. That's great. Yeah. One of the best ones, really. But uh, yeah, I, I loved it. You know, I really enjoyed sort of Fallout 3, although, like I say, I never quite finished it, but I did play a lot of hours on it. And the other thing about Fallout 3, I think they had really good DLC. Um, You know, it took you into space, it took you onto a new island, it took you into pre-war stuff where vats didn't exist. 
which I, you know, I just think that they were very creative with what they had. Fallout Three also had the um, Tranquility Lane quest where you went back into the 1950s and. Oh, it's brilliant. That was one of my favorites. They really had fun with the science fiction elements. And I think that as much as I love New Vegas, the DLC for that, I think, sucked. And I think that they didn't they didn't have as much fun with it. You know, there were some cool quests in New Vegas. But by and large, I think it wasn't as creative as Fallout 3. And Fallout 4 is good, but the DLC is weak. And um, I shouldn't say that I haven't played any of the quest DLC, but most of it's just you can make new stuff. Eh, Who cares? So, oh yeah, it's Fallout very 3, good. I think, um, you know, through and through, just a great game. It was. Let's, I mean, let's talk a little bit about Dragon Age. Well, what is there to say about Dragon Age? Origins is a classic. Yeah. It's magnificent. I actually like Dragon Age 2. I'm one of the only people who liked that game, apparently. Everyone hated that I game. I thought it was good. I mean, it wasn't as good as Dragon Age Origins, not nearly. I played Dragon Age Origins like three times. Um, but, you know, BioWare knows its stuff as we saw with Mass Effect. And I think that with Origins, they did a really good job of giving us a sword and sorcery RPG like they hadn't done for a really long time. And I think it paid off, and I think that they did a really good job, not only with the stories that they were telling, because there were some interesting stories in there. Um, and I don't mind watching the cutscenes of a, of a Bioware game. They they hold my interest, and I know they're not going to go on forever. Unlike some games I could mention. Oh, shit. Anyway, the point is that Dragon Age Origins um, made you you really upset, if I remember. It did make me really upset because I put a lot of my, uh, I built my party around Morgana, who was a really cool character, and then she fucking left. Eh. Trick, bitch. Eh. Anyway, but whatever, it was fine. And uh, but no, I mean, I think that was interesting because it showed me that hey, you know what? I actually can feel close to a video game character. That's pretty interesting. So yeah, I think that was good game developing. It showed that, you know, it's about storytelling. It's about how you, you know, and I, I mean, look, I, I think there's an artificial distance between myself and the characters in The Witcher 3. Like part of me just turns off and I say, I'm not going to care about these people. Meh. So, you know, if I didn't have that, if I weren't deliberately trying to, you know, sour myself on the characters of The Witcher 3, if, you know, if something similar happened with Triss or, you know, whoever else I'm not even paying attention to. I might be upset if they left. I mean, can I just check with you, though? Uh, did you spend a lot of time in the Chantry? Um, yeah, a little bit here and there. <laughs> but, of course, as we've said, it should be called the church. That's Yeah, what is it? What the hell is a Chantry? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I think the other thing the Dragon Age Origins did, which was interesting, it didn't really have an impact on the game, but you could choose one of, like, what, six walkthroughs? And... Uh, or uh, introductions, I should say. And that was cool because it meant that you were coming from a certain position and you had, you know, a certain... And the, the same was true of Mass Effect a little bit. At the beginning of the game, you could choose, like, where your family came from. And then they took that in Dragon Age Origins and said, okay, we're going to let you play an, a prologue in one of, like, six or eight or however many, um, you know, scenarios. Yeah, uh, that was cool. It gave you a little buy-in with the characters. Yeah, I was just going to mention that because obviously you, you mentioned the same thing with Mass Effect, and yeah, that was both of those games. And I guess it's a Bioware trait, isn't it? Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Having like an origin or a background story to your, right. to your characters. So yeah, very good. Um, yeah, what else have we got to talk about? I guess I guess we should talk about Skyrim, shouldn't we? Really? Oh, I don't really like talking about Skyrim. So I know you never ever talk about Skyrim. <laughs> 
Skyrim is the greatest role-playing game ever created. It took what they did right in Oblivion. It got rid of the dumb stuff, and it left just the beautiful, creamy center of awesomeness. Yeah, but you've got to admit, though, that character's sort of interaction is still crap. The character interaction is good. It's not as good as it would later become with Fallout 4, but that's okay. It's an evolutionary process. It's still good. I don't know. I can never get... I mean, even even though we didn't have the zooming into their face like we did in Oblivion. No. Uh, it was still it was still a bit ropey. Come on, you've got to admit, it wasn't, it wasn't great. Hey, I've played this game for a thousand hours, so yeah. it, I'm not going to say it has no flaws, but by and large, I don't mind that model of character interaction. It doesn't affect me. It doesn't bother me. Sorry, I've got a Fusradar uh, compilation on... Oh, yeah. Uh, on the uh, old stream, um, I- I'm definitely going to play the remaster of this. I've decided. Right. Now we're talking. Uh, because I-, I never gave Skyrim a fair shake. I was 25 hours in. Uh, I got burgled, so I lost my save. Um, and I was genuinely really enjoying Skyrim. I was. Do you know what's weird for me? You know, the fact that you really hate games with orcs and elves and wizards and shit in it. But a good game's a good game. I know, it's funny, isn't it? But you just got to try it, I suppose. Yeah, and, and, and to be honest, it took me eight hours for me to, to actually start to like it. You know, I, I I wasn't really getting into it. And then there was like a murder mystery uh, mission. And, Blood uh, of Winter, uh, White, uh, no, no, Winter Helm. Yeah, and, and I was playing that and I was like, I really like this mission. And I was getting into it. Um, yeah, and, and and after that I was like, yep, yeah, I'm in. Yeah, I'm, I like that this was a cool quest. I, I think that's one of the better quests. Yeah, it was. That was one of the. Was that part of the mages' quest line? Nope. It's just something you come upon when you go to Winterhelm. Right. Okay. Because Winterhelm is that. That is where the mages are. Oh, uh, that's. Um, I can't. What's it's that? so stupid. They have three cities that are all begin with. Um, White White Run is the one. White Run is the main one that you go to. Yeah, Windhelm, yeah. which is where the blood on the ice one is. That's what Chinny was talking about. And then there's. Uh, come on, G. You played a thousand hours. I know, right? But I can't keep them straight. There's another one that starts with a W. Come on. What the hell? Would it be what interesting for you? Winterhold and Windhelm. So Windhelm is the one where Blood on the Ice is, where the... Yeah, Winterhold is the Mage's Winterhold quest. is the Mage's quest, yeah. But yeah, I was right. I was right. For you, Duke, I mean, would it be interesting for you to watch me play this? Because you oh, just yeah. know the game so oh, much. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'd be like, oh, he's about to see this thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, I so will I stream. I'll stuff. stream the whole thing anyway. So, do you know? Do you know what? I, what most amazed me about uh, Skyrim—the fact that you quit was, playing it after a certain point without being burgled, it, so you didn't have a good reason. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but no, it was the um, the first time, at, like at night time, and there was like an aurora in the sky. Yeah, I, I quickly got sick of that. <clears throat> I mean, you did, but the first time you see it, it was like, wow, that, how cool is that? I guess it looks amazing. Yeah, I, I like. The thing that's beautiful for me, if you go to Reddit, you can go to the Skyrim porn Reddit, and there are some amazing screenshots. And I can, I, I still enjoy looking at um, time-lapse photography of Skyrim because I just yeah of people moving. World. And as I've said, I think that spending time in the world of Skyrim is something I actually enjoy, whereas the world of Fallout, I'm not going to ever want to spend time there. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, here comes some cannibals. Uh, it's a lovely place. Well, Fallout is a place where the world's ended. Right. Yeah. So Skyrim is a place where the world's just beginning. <gasps> <laughs> Not really, but and it is cool. I mean, the fact that you can go 
anywhere in this massive world is just incredible in and itself. They, and they resisted the urge to, you know, Fallout 3, for all of its beauty, has some walls that you can't cross through. You have to go in a certain way. Um, Fallout New Vegas did the same thing. You kind of have to take a certain path to get to the Strip. I mean, you can technically go straight for it, but you're going to get slaughtered by Death Claws and other things, Cazadors. Um, and I think Skyrim, you know, you definitely take your life into your own hands if you go to certain places before you're ready. I remember at some point I ended up on my first playthrough, I ended up in some dungeon where there was a, like it's usually Skyrim has its monsters not leveled up with you, which is what they did in Oblivion, but it will give you harder versions of the same thing. In other words, when you first go into a dungeon, you know, if you're a low level, you'll be fighting regular old Dragger, you know, which are the zombies. And then if you're higher level, you go to the same dungeon, they'll put in Draugr Whites, they'll put in Draugr, you know, Restless Draugrs or whatever, all the way up until like Draugr Death Lords, which are the hardest. So anyway, at one point I was in this dungeon and there there was, by design, no matter what level you are, there's a Draugr Death Lord in there. And I went in there and he killed me with one hit. And I hadn't saved since I first entered the dungeon, which was an hour to get through it. Right. So I had no choice. And I was like, how am I going to do this? I don't want to have to run all the way back. And so what I did was I ran in and I think I might have knocked him down with a Fusroda because you learned that early on. And and then I just ran around looking for the exit and I found it. I just ran out. I'm "I'm never going back in there ever again. But of course, (laughs) when I got leveled up, I went back in and I, I couldn't remember where it was. So every time I went in a dungeon, I was like, is this the one? And then eventually I found a dungeon where everything was cleared out. And I was like, oh, this is the one. And I went back in that room and I'm like, no, you are the one who dies now. There you go. And it is satisfying, isn't it, when that happens? Yes. Awesome. Very good. Yes. So Skyrim, best um, game ever, just glorious. And there's so much is to it, do. And is so it your favorite games. game ever, Duke? Is it your best it game is. ever? I mean, you know, I, I don't ever like to say one game is my favorite ever, but this is my favorite game ever. I'm amazed that you haven't played Dragon Age Equiquik. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to finish Witcher 3 first, and that's taking forever because I don't want to it play is. it. And so, therefore, when I do, it's like, okay, fine, I'll play it. And I sit there going, oh, this cutscene would finish. Oh, you're just approaching it the wrong way. You're right. I'm not thinking about it as a movie. Yeah, but but, but The Witcher 3, we should touch on that because that, that, for me, is the best RPG ever made. Blasphemy. You know, Skyrim bollocks. Don't give me none of that shit. Witcher 3 is where it's at, because, baby. Because, go ahead, because. Uh, because of story, of character, of combat, of magic, uh, just everything okay, about it. Hang on a second. Quest. you, you, you got to go there, right? Magic, you've got five spells. Yeah, but you can level them up in any sort of way, and you can use them in combination, any and you can of, use I'm different sorry, spells as different enemies. Be specific with your language. You can level them up in exactly one way. Make them stronger. The end. Yeah, but no, but different things happen. Like with your shield, for instance, when you level that up, it becomes an exploding shield if you hold it and wait till an enemy's right on you. So you can do different things, though. Not really. Anyway, whatever. Yes, you can. This isn't going to be an argument about Witcher 3. Don't you go there. We all know it sucks. Just tell us why we're wrong. And the other reason is it just looks incredible. It does look good. The... And the world itself is so full of stuff. Yeah, the world itself is pretty full of stuff. It's not as full of Skyrim. Um, but yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's not. Yeah, yeah, but you can't fuck a woman on a unicorn in Skyrim. That's true. Yeah, well, that's if you true. Right mods, you can. <laughs> yes. Well, you probably. That's can. true about um, games. There's a lot of mods for both. 
but yeah, The Witcher Three for me is it's just the pinnacle of, of RPGs. Really, it just sits. I on could the top easily of the cosplay as Geralt with my hair. You could if you just grade it and what have you. I think the other cool thing about The Witcher Three is similar to. I've also had sex on a unicorn. You have well done you. Uh, it's also sim- I know similar to some other stuff in in Oblivion and Skyrim, in so much as what starts off as a very small quest suddenly turns into some sort of really big side quest that turns out to be really interesting. Well, you had two-thirds of that, correct? Oh, you're so... I'm sorry. Whatever, I'm not going to go there. Yes. (laughs) Just don't even go there. Just agree. No, I agree that it does a good job of leading you thinking that it's a small thing and then it becomes a big thing, yes. There is every chance that I'm going to be playing The Witcher 3 and Skyrim very close to each other if Skyrim remasters coming out soon. Well, there we could have so a comparison. I can be the the fence in the middle. The, the you can you can give the sway either way. Which one's better? But yeah, no, I, I'm sorry, but I, to, for me, The Witcher Three, whatever you say, Duke, is still a lot better. What's than your Skyrim. favorite game ever? Is it Witcher? What my personal favorite yeah. game ever? What RPG wise ever? Uh, Portal Two. Of oh course. yeah, Portal. That is very. And and closely followed by Red Dead Redemption. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, we actually agree on something. Yeah, and then it will be Witcher Three probably. Mmm. Although I did give Soma the game of the year. The the you year did. That Witcher 3. You did. Yeah, because I love Soma as well. I think, but I mean, Soma is just such a different type of game because it's so narrative driven. Yeah. You know, and that's a, a totally different. Well, thing, I said but... the Last of Us was the game of the year, the year that came out, and that was the same year that GTA came out. But I'm still yeah. playing GTA. There's so many good games. The difference between a game being great and a game being having longevity. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's what The Witcher Three has got because I have never ever considered trading this game in, and I'm, you know, I have been distracted with other stuff, but I need to finish uh, the expansion that I'm playing at the moment because it is really good, but I just keep getting distracted with shiny new stuff and and lack of time at the moment. Yeah, you'll get that. And I've got to obviously finish more games than Chini, so that's driving. Uh, Yeah, yeah, you're slowing down, son. So yeah, no, I love The Witcher Three. It's still hands down one of the best games ever made. End of sweet. Any more RPGs uh, we need to talk about? Uh, I did want to touch on Eternal Sonata. It's probably yeah. quite a lot that we've missed. So people are probably screaming at their phones, going, "What about yeah. this one?" Yeah, Eternal Sonata. I play. I I very rarely play Japanese RPGs. I played uh, Final Fantasy Thirteen and hated every minute of the twenty hours I played. And then someone went, oh, well, I don't really get us going when you get to 20 hours in. I'm like, right. Well, I ain't, I ain't played Fuck no more. Fuck that shit. Fuck that shit right off. Um, so, no, I played Dark, Eternal Sonata. Dark Souls? I, uh, I, I played Demon Souls. Uh, he, I was, he was playing these games before they were cool. Yeah, yeah. I was playing I was playing Demon Souls before it was cool because I imported my copy from Hong Kong. Hong- and it was a Chinese version and it had all Chinese instructions uh, but the dialogue was in English so you could change the dialogue to English when you put the game in English um, and Dark Souls Demon Souls was just rock hard and I only ever finished one level nice <laughs> I was just rubbish at it and you, you, it had this really cool in Demon Souls and I'm sure it does in the other in the other Souls games but it had this like um, almost like a trophy room I guess of, of the best characters that people had built in the game and you could go up to the top of this thing it was like a spiral staircase you got to the top and there were all these like statues if you will of the characters that they'd built and they were just looked incredible uh it was such a cool game 
Really was a cool game, but rock solid. Should, we, should we mention Fable? Yeah, Fable 2, I think we should mention. Fable 2 was the first and only Fable game I've ever played. I played the first one for a while, but the map system was so horrible that I had to be like, I can't tell where I am, where I need to go, I'm done. But Fable 2... But did, you, did you plant an acorn? No. And <laughs> watch the tree grow. I, I, I wasn't that impressed with Fable 2. I thought it was very good. I, I finished the whole thing, and I really liked it. Oh, you know what? You know an RPG that I wish I'd played. What's that? Kingdoms of Amalur. That was a good RPG. I didn't finish it, but it was very well made, and um, it was kind of like a single-player MMO in a way. I played the demo of that, and I was like, "This is actually pretty good." Like the combat was really good. Combat and I think was that's amazing. that's what I need is is a you know, like an RPG with good combat. I think Kingdoms of Amalur um, remains the best combat in any action rpg ever made mm. which which you know a lot of action rpgs and you know there there are certain types of action rpgs that come along you know demon souls i guess counts as one but it's a lot more action than it is rpg did you uh, play these games too well kingdoms of amalora played the demo yeah but wasn't it that wasn't that the game that had the all the controversies surrounding some sort of loan from a country or something. Yeah, we're not talking about that. <laughs> the game, oh, what are you the talking game, about that? Yeah, 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 about yeah, regardless itself. of what happened around the game, the game. game is what it is. Yeah. yeah. I just think that, you know, it was, first of all, there was a lot of buzz about it before it came out because R.A. Salvatore was involved in the story, which Who's is that? good because you can sort of tell that in the main story part, but then Who's the that? side quests are all like, you need to explore the history of these wood nymphs that made a loan to... I mean, it kind of sounded like the story of the game Duke, development itself. Dude, who's that guy that you're talking about? R.A. Salvatore, I'm sorry. <laughs> he's a fantasy writer. He's written the. Uh, he's written a lot of Forgotten Realms books, and uh, he's very well known as having written some very influential fantasy fiction. I, I can't speak much about the actual fiction of it. Like, I don't know. I can't remember anything about the story in the game, but I just remember playing it going, I could play more of this. You know, yeah. and it's an RPG, and it's a fantasy RPG, and I remember thinking, like this, you know, this is the combat feels great. Um, yeah. it, it feels like a beat 'em up. The animations were great. Uh, yeah, yeah I, re- I really enjoyed the I, art I style was distinctive. Yeah, I think you you still could. I mean, I know you probably won't, and I, I wouldn't blame you. But I think if anybody never played Kingdoms of Amalur, I think it does hold up today. Um, you know, it's it it's probably aging very quickly. Have a look not not very quickly, but. But we're getting to a point where it won't be possible really to go back and enjoy it very much. But I think right now it, it's still doable. So uh, for me, if it's not backwards compatible on the Xbox One, like yeah. I don't know. I mean, is it, was it on Steam? Was it ever on Steam? Oh yeah, uh, yeah. 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 Uh, yep. Maybe if your game's on Steam, I'll, I'll go back to it. But have you even? Can I ask? Have you even got your new graphics card in your PC? No, no, it's behind me. Uh, I... You're just <laughs> rubbish. It takes about 15 minutes. Just sort it out. Yeah, but you know, your mom. So like, I, I look. <laughs> <laughs> is that your right whenever you're ready chinny don't listen to him. your mum yes uh that's my argument <laughs> so if i turn on the webcam and shrink it because it's full screen right now i should uh, also say that diablo is is a game that really broke new ground for action especially action rpgs um i played a lot of diablo one never played diablo two very much i played a little bit of it but not much and i still to this day haven't touched diablo three so i mean i played the free demo first level thing but someday i will get it because it's cheap sometimes i mean it's only forty dollars it's twenty dollars for each of the sections but someday i will go back and get the whole thing 
Uh, Chini is now showing off his new graphics card still in its box. Lovely. Look at that. You're a funny person. Ay, 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 Anyway, um, yeah, Eternal Sonata, because I never did get to finish talking about Eternal Sonata. Uh, you were basically in Chopin's head. Yeah. In his dreams. Uh, in his, It was in a coma or something, isn't he, in the game? Yeah, lots of, lots of cutscenes. Um, and they had these really cool, weird, like, videos of someone playing a piece of his music in between sort of chapters. It had videos of it. I don't remember it being really cool, but... It was cool. I was there a dog nice smoking music. a pipe? Probably. There was lots of weird stuff. I seem to remember a dog smoking a pipe. And I remember... I, I, I understand that some people would look at that and go, that is cool. I looked That's at that and went, fun. fuck this. Uh, no. That, that. I think... I think for me, it was the only JRPG that I've played that I enjoyed. And the, part of the reason I enjoyed it was that the combat was real-time as opposed to turn-based. It was real-time. I mean, don't get me wrong, it still has strategies, and there was this light and dark mechanic thing going yeah, on. I remember the light and dark thing was just stupid. No, it was good. I think it worked really well. I quite like the light and dark mechanic. Okay, I th- um, it was unnecessary complexity that made the combat unenjoyable for me. Well, yeah, I guess. But... <laughs> I thought, I, all thought right. the actual, all right. I thought the actual game was just beautiful. You know, the animations, the way it looked. Oh, sure. You know, and, and don't get me wrong, obviously the actual gameplay itself didn't look like that, but the, the cutscenes just were incredible. You know, the animation just fantastic. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I liked it. You know, I like, you know me, I like quirky Japanese weird stuff, so it doesn't bother me at all. Oh, it doesn't bother me at all, but um, Eternal Sonata, I, I still love that game now. So, yeah, such a good game. Um, and the only other thing I wanted to touch on was South Park, The Stick of Truth. Oh, what a great game. What an amazing what a, One of the very few turn-based video games. In fact, it's probably... I can't think of another one. I can't think of I another turn-based game that I like. Yeah. I, I, have, I mean, apart from Monkey Island... I don't think I've ever laughed so much playing a video yeah, game. It is genuinely funny. It is. I laughed and I laughed and I laughed. God. Literally I'd play, all the I'd way play this again. I'd easily play it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that game. And it was close to my game of the year the year that I played that. Yeah. It would have been it would have been a close game of the year contender. I can't remember what I chose that year, but I don't think it was that, but it was very close. Because it was just so brilliantly done. I mean, a lot of people, again, were like, oh, the combat's not deep enough, it's not complex, no, it's, it's rubbish. It's a South Park game, what the hell do you... Yeah, it was fine for me, absolutely have you, have fine. Have the combat of the new game? No, apparently it's a lot better, I've heard. Well, um, you can move, like, where you are on the on the, on the the level, on the map. Grid. On the grid, yeah, is, is a thing now. Yeah. So you know, if you're you can like get behind the other person, or you can if you're at the back, you can't be reached and all this sort of stuff. So it's like a little bit more involved. I'm not sure what I think about it because yeah. you know the feature creep thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, and I'm dumb, so <laughs> you know. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I'm quite happy with simplistic combat in a South Park game. I'm not that bothered about it being too deep. You know, I just want to have fun. Enjoy the story and just laugh a lot, and that's what you should get out of a South Park game, in my opinion. Yep. Yeah. And um, yeah, I'm I'm hoping that the the second game is easily as good as this one because 
if it is, I'll be very happy because, like I say, I absolutely loved it. In 2014, it wasn't a great year for video games. Uh, so, uh, so part of the stick of truth seems to be a popular one for 2014. Uh, Shadows of Mordor seems to be a big oh, sort of game. Uh, I know we're not talking about RPGs here, but I'm just trying. I was trying to think what came out the same year as that. Um, and Destiny. What what could have been my game of the year? I can't remember what I what I had as my yeah, game of the year. Yeah, um, yeah. Hold on. Yeah. So was, Shadows of Mordor was quite popular for 2014. Watch Dogs came out that year, but no one played that. Dragon Age, uh, Ikuquig also came out. Oh, it could have been Dragon Age. Was it a Dragon um, Age that year? And also, uh, this was probably actually it might have been this. It was Yokai Watched Two. Oh yeah. <laughs> so it's that. It was 2014. Was a shit year for video games. I don't know. I think, that's a, I think that's a bit harsh, but I mean, it didn't have as many great games as other it years. Was fuck, it had Dark Souls two. I mean, who plays that? <laughs> yeah. Alien Isolation. All right, so we're done with. Talking- oh, I know what was my game of the year in 2014, baby. What's that? Bayonetta two. Now baby. we're ready to talk about emails. Oh, email! That ruled. Uh, well, we have only one email this week. Do it, do um, it. But it's from Derek Sines, our very regular emailer, yeah. and he says this: F R E E for E, baby. Bucko five. It says hi, veteran gamers. Hi. Hi. Uh, after only recently joining Sony's PlayStation Plus service, you crazy person. Um, I thought I would take advantage of the monthly free downloadable game. F R E E free, no charge. I have just downloaded for free uh, Yakuza 5 on the PS3 and Rebel Galaxy on the PS4. Or is it Galaxy on Fire? I don't really know. Oh, Yakuza 5 uh, is worth every penny. Uh, the only downside for me is the slow download speed of my online service. I had to leave my PS4 on while I slept to download 23 gigabytes of Yakuza 5. You see, that's so weird. That's like alien to me. I'm guessing he lives in a remote place because... I can download 23 gigs in probably about an hour. First world such a good internet. He has such a bad internet. Um, I have also downloaded at a heavily discounted price copies of Fez, The Bridge, Never Alone, and Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons, which is one of the best games ever made. And The Bridge is also very, very good. Some great games. Uh, I know Steam seems to have numerous game sales, but I wonder if the veteran gamers operated their own personal price policy when buying games not available on Steam. Uh, do you have a price limit which you never go above? Uh, do you always wait for the price to drop? Do you often hang on and on in the hopes a game will be discounted or maybe even turn up free? Uh, always cheap but never easy. Derek. That doesn't really happen to me because mostly I don't, I'm don't. i not ready to play games when they first come out. So I just wait. I'm part of this Reddit called Patient Gamers. And that's perfect for me because it's like, you know, the hoopla will die down and I'll be like, oh, I'll get this game for free or for like half price three months after it comes out. True, I guess. That's me. But then, yeah. But then I also feel like I, I, you know me. I like to play things from new. Yes. You know, I like things when they come out and get released. Uh, but my price threshold is really forty pounds. If it's above forty pounds, I'm like, oh, I don't know whether I want to buy that. Yeah. 
You know, when I see, like, for instance, No Man's Sky, I managed to get it, pick it up for 37 I think it was, a £36. Billy bargain. I know, yeah. Uh, but, like, on most websites, it's 44 46 quid. And I'm like, I ain't paying that for no video game. I'm paying that shit. I'm paying that for no video game, man. You can keep that shit. I don't really buy many new video games because I'm not fucking dumb. Um, yes, I am dumb. But I'm not that dumb. Because... Uh, I think it's very dangerous to buy a video game brand new. Like if you buy, well, you, I, I, okay, let me rephrase it. To buy a game that you're not sure about, like No Man's Sky, so and I, under- yeah. I understand that it, you know, people, have, somebody's got to buy it, and you know, some people really just want the new and shiny thing. But because No Man's Sky is such a, you know, strange game, I like to like. I'm never an early adopter. So that I, I just don't early adopt with consoles, with games, unless like I'm in like Mafia Three, for example, I'm in. You know what I mean? And but I'm I'm still not going to be oh like raging if it's really bad. I'll be I love buyer's remorse, sure, but I don't do it very often. You know what I mean? I'm not always buying brand new games. I always wait and see it out and then get tempted and 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 see like things like Overwatch and stuff. I'll probably still buy. Uh, but it's very rare for me to like, you know, um, just buy brand new games. So I don't see, really I'm, think about price too much. Yeah, I'm I'm the opposite though because obviously this year I've been quite clever because I bought games like Uncharted Four, finished it, taking it back to the smelly shop, and it's ended up costing me ten pounds. So I look at it that way. I think, oh, it's only cost me ten quid because the cash I've got back. You Stu know, is a smart cheapskate. I am a smart cheapskate because I I've played quite a few games like that this year for ten quid. You know, got them, finished them, trade them in. You got to play quickly if you're going to do that. You have, and but those sorts of games can be played quickly. You know, like uh, Quantum Break was the other one because <laughs> I bought that brand new, and again it only cost me ten pounds to play it. And I think for ten pounds it was pretty good. Had I paid full price, probably not so much. Yeah. You know what I mean, and I think I think with those, but with things like No Man's Sky, you can't really do that. Nope. Because it's a big game, so if you're going to get the most out of it, you've got to play it for a long time. And my my probably buyer's remorse this year was probably Doom. Uh, I wish I hadn't bought that, and I didn't. Did you haven't finished it, finished it, right? No, and I haven't traded it in, and it's. I've just had a quick look actually while we were talking, but it's worth eleven pounds now. Mm. So I'll get some money back but on if it. If you'd but... have played it. I know, and got it gone. Yeah, I don't know. It is what it is. It doesn't have your same, I like... I do, to an extent. I do, but if a game pisses me off, if a game pisses me off or I'm not hooked on it, then that's kind of it. You have determination if you want to have determination. It's yeah, really yeah. Hard. But it's got to hook determination. me. It's got to hook me, man. If it doesn't hook me, I'm moving on to the next thing. I understand. I'm just saying. Determination means you stick with it regardless. Yeah. So no, I don't. I don't tend to. I like the sales. Obviously, I like anything that's cheap. I like quite a lot on Steam if they have like a pre-release discount. You know, that kind of entices me. And if you go like, you know, forty percent off or thirty percent off if you buy it now. And I, uh, I never pre-order games. Yeah, but it's it's worth pre-ordering if you're getting money off, and you know you're definitely going to buy it anyway. I guess it, 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 you know it, it drops I mean? in price a bit a week later anyway. It does not. It's all, not always. Not always, but you know what? Look, I feel like the number of times I would have saved a little money is balanced out by the fact that I have not pre-ordered and therefore bought 
or more likely bought games that ended up not being great. So I don't have that feeling very often of like, oh, I wish I had bought this. Yeah, I guess. Right, we do need to move on. So we need to do some speaky pipes, and then we need to get the hell out of here. All right. So let's let's do the speaky it's the way to leave a message for us. Alright, so we got several speak pipes. Uh, the first one is from uh, who is this? Um, Ballerina Admirer. And it's a minute 26. Um, but sometimes they're uh, you know you, you throw enough shit at the wall and some of it will stick. Uh, yep. For sure. Hey, uh, Duke, I just want to apologize um, about your book deal. Um, maybe you're not trying to brainwash people. Maybe I'm just uh, exaggerating a bit. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I investigate the situation. Anyway, uh, hey, uh, Stu, I wanted to. I just, I don't understand. Why you didn't fall in love with Abzu? I thought it was a great swimming simulator, and I thought for sure you'd cry at the ending. No, it's not at all. It's all about being a ballerina, so I'm going to dedicate this here song to you, pal. <laughs> all right. Little Stew. Ballerina girl, you are so. And I do. Okay. Holy I feel like I feel like when he was playing that, he was holding up an old-fashioned tape recorder to the microphone. <laughs> it was lovely. Oh my god! All right. So the next one comes to us from the Love Guru. This is surely someone different. Obviously, oh, same person. Oh no. <laughs> hey guys. I'm not one to uh, pry in people affairs. But, uh, hey, Duke, have you taken the Duchess out ice skating? I'm just curious. Nope. Seems like that would be a incredible date. Eh. Pretty proud of Jenny <laughs> learning how to ice skate for the guys over at Boss Wave. Thank He's you. Right. <sighs> Stu. You're my ballerina girl. <laughs> God. Forever. All right. Well, that's that. Duke. Thank you very much. <laughs> Duke. Yes? One of the things that I would like to do in my lifetime, uh, on my bucket list, yes. is oh, cool. uh, ice skate on a lake. Yes. I've heard, I've heard that Wisconsin is a good place to do this. If there's one right by my house. Oh, okay. I could be living your dream existence. Hey, you could do two two things off your bucket list. Meet Duke and skate That's on That's what his I'm party. talking about. That's yeah, two bucket lists. Day. The same What time of day. year? Is it? Obviously, just winter, is it? <laughs> no, it's summer. <laughs> we go ice skating in the like, summer. Is there a certain month where it's just frozen that month? Dude? Yeah, you have to have uh, Usually, like, January, float. February is going to be better because... 
you know, late year. It's not mm. quite so far. Mighty cold though. Mighty mighty. Well, cold. yes, obviously. Like that. I, 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 I'm taking that as a given, Stu, that it's going to be cold. cold. If the Very fucking cold. river has frozen. It's a, no, you don't. You don't skate on rivers, ponds. ponds. Are, uh, well, lakes, flowing lakes. water doesn't freeze very well. Yeah. Lakes, 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 ponds, lakes. So Use yeah, different word than what you meant to say. I, when I was a kid, I rode my bike on a frozen pond. Once. We don't get many around here, though. No, I mean I remember winters where it was like minus four or five for like five days straight, and it was like properly frozen. Yeah. And uh, we used to play pretend ice hockey with sticks and bits of broken ice on the on the, the like there was a quarry near us. Probably very very dangerous, being honest. But yeah. so what you did as kids? Is it, is it quite common did. for people to skate on the lake in Wisconsin? Oh, yeah, that's one of the big things people do in the winter. Not me, oh, but oh, fucking hell! So, okay, I have to do that. <laughs> I'm just he's got to do it. He's got to do it. Oh, oh, I'm looking at him, and I thought I could. I had a free weekend, but I was like, yeah, screw this. So, like, because, yeah, well, Stu says, I could do two things on the bucket list. I would come and see you. That's right. Yeah. And then I'd be and like... And then I'd say, have a good night, and you'd go and skate, and then come back later. And we can yeah. I can ice skate. I can ice skate, too. Yeah, but... Maybe we could both we could meet. go, both go to Wisconsin in January, yeah. the coldest time. Veteran. I'd love that. I love winter. I love snow, and I love ice. Well, there you go. We could do it. Do you love beer and cheese? Because you would... I love beer, and you know I love cheese. I really love cheese. I, I don't, and I I'm, I'm being beer. absolutely serious. I fucking love cheese. And I fucking Calm love down. beer. We're still waiting for you. We will do it at some point. We will definitely no, do it. We can't that. do it in 2017. It's too close. Yeah, it's too 2018, close. though. I don't know. We can look at... Hey, I get, I get lots of holidays. So, and know, maybe 2017, then. We can sort it out. No, I need lots of money as well, though, don't uh, we? I've got lots of money. It's fine. We'll pay it. I'll... What, are you going to pay yeah, for I'll me? pay for it. Nice. Woohoo! He'll just steal that guy's car from the company. Just, yeah, just put, it, just put it on company expenses yeah. and claim yeah. tax yeah, back yeah, on yeah, it and stuff. Yeah, take a drone shot of this say it was like, like, Yeah, just say it was like a business trip. I'm sure the accountant would be like, what the fuck is this fucking crypto Wisconsin? What are you doing? Last your big pipe comes to us from Community Player. Somebody wants to leave. Always trying to I know. I want to go to bed. Get the guys and the ladies together for a uh, community play date. He's always washing his hair or something. So I made you this mixtape. <laughs> a 45-second mixtape. And he said he could roller skate all day. We both said, wow, would that be great? Yes, it would. Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, hey, uh, hook up that tape deck, man. Just taking the roller skating theme. And let's get on some community game nights. Bring it. Console only, wanker. <laughs> Console wankers. Um, still going, still going. Still going, still going. Quit trying to cut him off. I know, I was trying. Uh, do you know what? I love Jason. He's so funny. He does make me laugh. He, he uh, does this I on all love... podcasts now. Have you Have you heard? I know. He's the best speak pipes ever. He does this on all the other podcasts as well. I know, I know, I know. But, you know, I love him anyway. Uh, we should just say, by the way, it's Jason's birthday today. Ooh. Hey, happy, happy birthday, birthday Jason. Jason. Yeah, happy birthday, Jason. Wow. Uh, I hope 74. Yeah, 74. Hey. Happy birthday, you're Emily. Happy birthday. 
to you. That's so uh, funny because that's Jason singing that as well. Yeah, it is. It's it not is. really. Oh uh, my god! So, yeah, happy birthday, mate, and I <laughs> hope you're having a good one, whatever you're doing, and having fun. Just look yeah. at the lake, Duke. Look how far out they are. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I'm never going that far out on a lake. If I'm going to be skating on a lake, I'm going to do it like within arm's reach of the shore, so that when the ice cracks, I can. I played Walking Dead. Hey, ice doesn't crack. Yeah, that's what they said in The Walking Dead, and look what happened there. Ten seconds and you're dead. Guess. Not happen. Sports I'm gonna. Yeah. If I do, I'm gonna have like a rope around my waist tied to a tree. Would you have to? Would you come if we went ice skating on a lake? I suppose. You could have yeah. To. Would you come on? I, with I us? would. I would. If you made the trip from the UK, I would. The <laughs> least you could just get oh, on the fucking know, ice. Right? That that is definitely going to be a GoPro moment. Yeah, yeah. I should try it. No, I should see what it's like. We will. I'll get three GoPros. I'll put them on all three of us. We'll mic all of us up. We can just make a video from it. It's fine. Oh my god, how much fun would that be? Can you imagine that? Just be cool. Oh, when EGX comes, we're all gonna do we're all gonna do cooking with Stu and Chin. We are, we are. That's gonna that's definitely gonna happen. happen. It is. So it's all good. Oh my god, so many things to look forward to. <sighs> that's, that's what you need to have, isn't people. it? Yeah, things to look forward to. Anyway, that that all being said, we do need to do some other shout outs. It is Ralph Finch's birthday today. Oh uh, yeah, Rich. Well. So, happy birthday, Rich. So happy birthday to Ralph Finch as well. We're doing lots of happy birthdays. Happy today. birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Do, 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 there you go. Uh, and that's kind of it for my shout outs. I haven't really got any others this week. I've not really talked to anyone or done anything. So just general shout outs to everybody who listens. And thanks very much. You're very kind to do so. There you go. That's me. So over to you, Chini. Uh, well, I like to shout out the star of the show, uh, Richard Webster. Me. me. Richard Webster. Oh, okay. a fucking legend and within legend. my job my day job sometimes I have to deal with people who um, make websites and things like that in fact Stonestar Media has just had a brand new website uh, if anybody wants to check out what I do for work Ooh. Google Stonestar Media and you'll see all the new stuff um, so did you get Chitney? did you get uh, Richard Webster unfortunately no this was all before I knew uh, before Richard okay. set up a, a a business and stuff otherwise I would have recommended to do it but um, I am super, super happy with working with Rich. I know I know Rich anyway, but Rich is just awesome. Like he just, he's really motivated. He's he's just on it all the time. Nothing's too much trouble, and he's even still working on the site um, now. And we're gonna just keep tweaking it until well, until we're completely happy with it. But Absolutely. he's just he's just been great, and I love the designs he's come up with. He's really transparent about everything. So man, if you know anyone that needs a website, uh you got to go to Rich. Yeah. You have. By the way, Chini, I, I, I don't think your new website's in your face enough. Sorry? <laughs> yeah. I, don't think, I don't think it's in your face enough, yeah. man. We might be um, <laughs> Jesus Christ almighty, man. What is going on? Have you seen it? <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at it now. It's like, if you don't scroll down, this the whole fills the whole page with drones and your face and stuff. Yeah, we've got to let people know what we do. Yeah, uh, what you look like. Yeah, so... Uh, yeah. A new, wow. a new work website is. My eyes have gone funny now looking at yeah, it. Yeah, bright colours. We're all about bright colours. It's green. Got bright merch green. as well. We got, we got uh, mugs. We got t-shirts, hoodies. You're a mug. Pens. We got, You're a we got mug. badges, and we had to have five designs. So we had like. Or is it buttons? Is it buttons? Are badges? But whatever badges. And we had the 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 logo, and then we have we have a play, pause, and record um symbol in the logo so we had those as badges and then tom who works for me just put my face on one of the random other badges nice. for a laugh 
and uh, we give them away to customers, and they've all been picking my face. <laughs> well, of course they have, because I'm sure you were pulling a stupid face. Yeah. Well, I, I didn't intend it to go on a fucking badge, though, but it does now. <laughs> there you go, that's what happens. Oh, well. um, so that's it. Well, so Richard's Rich, Rich website is the best. Is the man. And over to you, Duke. Yeah, I will shout out everyone listening. Thanks to Stu and Chinny. Thanks to Evil Shredder for letting me know about Lucio Ball. There was a, a mode in um, Overwatch. The Battle of the Week was kind of like Rocket League, but the character Lucio, and you just hit the ball. It was really stupid. It didn't work very well, and it was not fun. But thanks for letting me know about it. And thanks to Marion Mosby for letting me know about Rocket Ball League Rumble. And what, shout what? out to the Duchess, because she's awesome. And shout out to Sarah Schulman oh. for doing the interview with me, which is now live on the Didactic Sincast, which is back on iTunes. Please subscribe, everybody, and check it out. I'll be doing an actual show soon. So get subscribed now at the Didactic Sincast. It's on iTunes. Uh, yeah, hook it up. There you go. Oh, and shout out to Bill Olson for trying to help me get the better uh, podcast feeder. And he suggested Libsyn, but it's more expensive. So I said, screw that. And I went with Podbean because it's cheaper. Hey, Chinny, I'm just having a look. There's a picture here of the frozen lake in Wisconsin. Now, whether it's Duke's frozen lake, I don't know, but it looks pretty Certainly cool. not because I live near a small frozen lake. And What's the name of your this? lake? Or do you Le- not want to give away? I don't really know what it's called. Lake. I mean, it's like an inlet, basically, the one near my house. But there is a larger lake near it that it feeds into. So. Mm. Yeah, this is in Madison, Madison, Wisconsin, United I'm States. Dead. That's where you live. This must be your lake. Oh, surely. it's probably not, because there's two big lakes near us, Lake Monona and Lake Mendota. Ah, right, okay, it doesn't say. Lake Mendota, and then there's a, the park wraps around an inlet from that lake. Oh, most of the photos that get posted from Madison are Lake Monona, which is the bigger, nicer. It's got more stuff around it. Lake Mendota tends to be more wilderness around it because we sort of built the city around Lake Monona. So that's, yeah, this this one's got loads of trees around it and stuff. That doesn't help because they both have. <laughs> and it's got it's a got lake people. in the world doesn't have loads of trees around it. It's got people oh, skating just, just on shut it. Up, just shut up. And then at one end there's a building and there's oh, some a building. Nice yeah. Well, the lake with the building is going to be this one. Uh, anyway, so yeah, we'll look forward to that, Duke. Yeah. We will look forward to it. All right. So all right that's now. it. Is that it? Is everyone done? Yeah. Shout outs are uh, all done. Let's get the hell out of here then. All right. Since we've been talking about role playing, right. end the show with this Mass Effect 2 rap. Hey, yo, BC, the turntable biotic. Hit him with the good stuff, God.
It's very nice. Ah, oh, surface lizard. That's oh, a blast from the past. Man, I... Well, that was Richard, That's Richard Webster being presented to be surface lizard. Uh, I think it could oh, be Lake Wingra or something next to you. Lake Wingra is a good. Is a lake near me? Yeah. That uh, me. Is that the lake that you're talking about? Or is it? No, is this a pond? They just said that. Oh. I don't know. Right. I'm I'm going to have to love you and leave you. You have your chat with Richard. Yeah. And I, and then you can fill me in, or I can like you say watch it on the stream or whatever. We'll sort it out. Because uh, I am very tired and I've got to go to bed. And yet again, got to get up for work tomorrow. Don't worry. So. Hokey dokey. See ya. Thank you. Thank you. See ya. Bye. Bye.